folks, sit on down, strap the wires on you. It's time to tell the truth. Welcome to the SmackDown 6 podcast, the only podcast on the internet about the SmackDown 6 era of SmackDown, about the beginnings of the Ruthless Aggression era. I'm your host, Matt Vaughn, and each week on the podcast, I am so honored to have with me a guest co-host to walk with me through this time, through these SmackDowns, the Smack Highs, the Smack Lows, Smack Up, and the SmackDowns. That totally could have been another intro for the show if I just went back and re-recorded it. The first 50 episodes or so. Regardless, I want to tell you who that co- guest co-host is today. Uh, the one and the only Will Vaughn is here. Will, how you doing? Matt, I'm not excited to be here. Ding! Oh, wait! That That's true, though. lie. No, that the, the ding is true. I'm not excited to be here. You're I'm not excited. Ex- You're excited I'm to be excited here. excited to be here. Not being excited was a lie. Matt, the truth. Will set you free of a WWE contract? Uh, who knows? But if you listen to last week's episode, you know for a fact the facts are going to be figured here on SmackDown. A lie detector test will be administered live in a WWE ring for perhaps the first time, hopefully not the last. I can't wait to talk about this, Matt. Excellent. This is this is the lie detector episode of SmackDown, and this is one of those times. We're talking about the May 29th, 2003 episode of SmackDown, to be clear. And yeah. this is one of those times where I have the memory. I have a false memory of, of a SmackDown. This, this uh, happens. I mean, you go back to your, your childhood. Maybe if you talk to, to a, a sibling, like a brother, for example. Will is my brother. brother. And yep. your brother. Uh, let me tell you something, dude, uh, about a time where you might have a false memory. You're like, I remember this happening here. And it's interesting because I'm going back and watching these shows. These shows I have a lot of nostalgia for. And so in my memory, the lie detector test is kind of, of course, to me, the main event of SmackDown. Mm, why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> why wouldn't it's, it be? It's super not the main event of SmackDown. It just happens in the middle of the no. show. It's the one-hour mark, which is like kind of the, the almost the co-main event for a two-hour show. Right, because they're trying to catch people, changing channels, so you go, yeah, you're like, wait a second. Why is that? A lie uh, detect- I just finished Melrose. A lie detector test on SmackDown? Wait, Melrose. Get <laughs> Is that, that was on <laughs> Wasn't it part of Must See TV in 2003? Maybe not. I don't Gosh, know. Gosh, I wouldn't. See, now you're now I'm gonna have to start going to look at SmackDowns and go. You also on TV that night. I'm talking about. It was competing with the Friends uh, episode where Monica goes to. She gets fat again. It's actually like not that. unlike. That's actually pretty. It was like, and then you know what? The, the, we went up against the second hour of yesteryear. So that was also <laughs> <a> real... <laughs> second hour of yesteryear. <laughs> it was a special two hour. It's a special two hour edition of yesteryear on CBS. <laughs> uh, I mean, you you can't have enough TV show about a, a put upon husband and a wife and uh, a brother in law who's schlubby with a wife who's not. Oh man! If only one of those people were ever associated with wrestling in any way. However. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember the cast of yesteryear and events. Well, Michael Malley is the showrunner or one of the the big writers of uh, Heels on Stars, and he also performs okay. in the show too. He's the schlubby uh, brother-in-law guy, I think. You know, nice. you know, he's just uh, losing his hair, fellow with a hat, and we've seen that Michael Malley in a bunch of stuff. Anyway, yeah, big uh, turns out to right. be a big wrestling guy. Uh, okay, in, uh, in, also in our uh, in our purview, featured res- uh, recently in uh, uh, Mike Sure produced show The Good Place. Which uh, yes, I, sure. I enjoyed him on that for sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, Will, do you have any false memories of wrestling when you go back and you go, "Oh, that's not how it turned out." Oh man, all the time. Too many to think of, man. Like there's just so many, and the the network uh, gives us a uh, kind of a uh, it's our way back machine to go back and see all the things that we uh, thought we knew but didn't quite know. Uh, I mean, for example, I thought Triple H uh, visiting that funeral home 
in 2002's fall when he was feuding with Kane. I thought that happened before No Mercy. Doesn't it happen after? It does happen. No, it's it's almost in, more inexcusable that it happens to not build the match, but afterwards. It's absurd. I mean, well, my memory betrayed me. I held that such in such a dear place in my heart. Uh, no, it, it is interesting going back, Matt, and being like, you know, was this as bad as I remember, as good as I remember, you know, all, all this stuff, and it's like, oh, yes and no at the same time. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, it is it is interesting. I'm sure there's some stuff I want to go back and watch now that you mention it that I'm like, how well do I remember this? I don't know. So that is uh, something that is uh, left to be discovered. Yeah, very good. I like that. What, what, one, one I'll throw out here from the, from the podcast, uh, even in the recent memory back in fall 2002, People forget that the Eddie Guerrero Edge match was not a ladder match, but it was a notice qualification match that prominently featured oh, a ladder. Featured a ladder, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. That match, even, I remember, even, uh, you know, within the first couple weeks of that, I think David Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, wrote down it was a ladder match. Not true. They were not going for a title. There's no, there, there was no secondary title on SmackDown for them to go for. Neither one was world champion. And I uh, don't believe either was tag champion at the time. I could be mistaken. Uh, although I think actually, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't no, because it was, it was, pre, was, it was pre-WWE, it was pre-SmackDown tag titles. Pre-tag titles, which Existing. you can now buy on uh, ShopZone. Yes, uh, I was something, I, I recently texted Will to share that they have the SmackDown, the WWE tag team titles that debuted in Fall 2002. Uh, they were fresh uh, replicas of those belts that you can pay, I, I, you know, 500 plus bucks for each one. American. I yeah. uh, recently worked an event at my uh, at my bar. I work at the bar at the uh, Rogers Arena in town, and mm. for some reason, one of the gentlemen there brought with him, and this wasn't a wrestling event, this is just a, like a, a party, brought with him a blue universal title replica and a what Stone Cold just re-debuted on Raw a couple weeks ago uh, in our timeline, Intercontinental title. Yeah, he brought both of those to the event. That is such a strange combination of belts to bring. It is. Yeah, yeah. And I pointed it out to one of the chefs who also happens to be a wrestling fan. He's like, hey, do you think if it's like uh, 24-7 title rules, we can just roll them up and, uh, <laughs> you know, each get one title, give you a tag team? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I do like uh, the blue universal title. I gotta, I mean, it looks infinitely better than the red one. So The blue, uh, the blue universal title does look better than the, the, the red one for sure. But, like, uh, it just, again, reminds me of guys who go to shows with, with belts. Maybe they got, like, one belt on each shoulder. I'm like, the guys weren't, like, 1100 bucks worth of stuff like i'm not I, advocating mugging but like get them don't get them. i i for some reason i have a soft spot for those guys i think i'm a few degrees sure. of self-awareness away from being one of those guys like I'm, I'm i'm a little bit too insecure to be like oh people would judge me if i had it but it's like i would i would love to roll up to the club with the belt on well what we're watching too in in this era is is the beginning of like these titles being made and they were so cool remember our friends got them we talked about this mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago i mean i do have a uh raw world heavyweight championship here that i got from alex the big gold and belt the big gold belt uh, which i should uh change the custom rick flair nameplate that i put mm-hmm. on it for halloween costumes years ago and reveal the rob van dam nameplate guy who never won that belt ever um but uh yeah, uh, when our friends got them, I remember uh, like our friend Troy got the undisputed title that we really uh, hold near and dear to ourselves, the, yeah, the WWE well. title on SmackDown, of course, currently held by the Beast uh, Brock Lesnar, or you know the baddest man on the planet, Brock Lesnar. If I'm right, <laughs> thank you for, for using the era appropriate attempt at a nickname. Smiling, happy, buddying up with the Undertaker, <laughs> Brock Lesnar, and then our uh, friend Mike bought the uh, that kind of um, 
round WWF uh, title. Right. Which I, the the uh, 98 you know. to 2000, uh, I guess 2002 uh, title. Isn't that crazy? It only lasted for, four, for a little less than four years, that belt. I know. Well, they had one that uh, the first title that replaced the spinner that Rock brought out uh, back in like January 2013, I think. He, or yes. 14. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, insert correct year here. Yeah, 13. Because uh, that belt only lasted uh, almost not even like a year and a half before it was replaced by a new WWE title with um, kind of the new logo, like the pointy logo. Fairness, that they have. It is pretty much the same design, only doesn't say champion on the bottom. It's entirely this. You're right, Matt. Yes, but it did it did last for a very short period of time. I think Brock yeah. held both titles for like a second, and then the next day it was just like, yeah, we just got rid of the big old one, and now he's got this uh, uh, WWE Championship. Anyway, um, there's belts, Matt, uh, being defended on this show uh, tonight. Correct. I say belts plural. Does that mean there's two different matches? We'll have to wait and see. We'll see about that. It's true. And, you know, Will, you're talking about the past, talking about nostalgia. I want to get a very recent bout of nostalgia, which is talking about last week's episode to catch ah, people recent. up. Yes, you may not right. remember last week, but Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri retained their newly won tag team titles after Eddie Guerrero used some creative cheating to get the ref to disqualify Team Angle. It was a lot of fun. We'll talk more about it later. Brock Lesnar nearly defeated Johnny Stamboli before the rest of the FBI ran into the ring. Then the Undertaker returned to save Brock from the beating. And Sean O'Hare beat Mr. America by countout when Vince McMahon got some cops to arrest Zach Gowan. <laughs> Does that make sense to you if you didn't listen to last week's episode? Probably not. But it is literally what took place. Uh, and the finishes of those matches, were there were a few whack finishes, I'll be real with you. Oh, uh, good. Well, yeah. don't worry, Matt, because they fixed the finishes this week. Every match, oh, clean as a sheet. Speaking of sheet, uh, these matches tonight. Kind of sheety. Well, kind of not sheety. all of them. <laughs> I believe I believe in somewhere somewhere along the spectrum is a better thing from the constant whack finishes of 2003 SmackDown and probably today, and the exclusively almost exclusively uh, clean finishes of AEW that we, sure, which they're yeah. currently doing. I want something in the middle. Give me some clean victories when we need it. Give me some uh, messy ones when you want to do messy ones. It's fine by me. The AEW will they'll, they'll start messing it up. I think at some point. I mean, they, they've, they've done it a little bit, but they kind of they yeah. have to do it a little bit. So. Right, 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 right. So, yeah. yeah, the episode we're talking about this week, the May 29, 2003 episode of SmackDown, taped two days before May 27th. It was uh, it was it emanated from the Civic Center in Pensacola, Florida. You know business is great when they're going to arenas that don't have corporate sponsorships. I'm not saying – I'm not, you know, not being like, yeah, corporations. But on some level, it's like it cannot be called like the Diet Dr. Pepper well, arena this is- in Pensacola. <laughs> I, I think, well, it should be the Pepsi Cola Arena in Pensacola, right? That, that would make the most sense to me. I think That'd this is before the time when, when um, every everything had to be named corporately as well. Um, almost that, all that, the other ones have names, though. I mean, you're, you're, almost you're Yum the, Center. All, all, the KFC Yum Center. That's the new one, though. The KFC Yum Center, yeah, I don't think. Right. I don't think. It's, the, the, what was the old one in uh, in Louisville? Wasn't like something like super, like the Freedom Hall? Oh, man, sleep, we're going way train. back now. Um, Freedom Hall. The Gaylord Entertainment Center. Uh, yeah, so that, that was before uh, there were more corporate sponsorships. I mean, a couple of yeah. weeks ago, they went to a place called the Halifax Metro Center. You kidding me? And now we got that bank. We got that bank sponsorship. Got the whole okay. thing. You know, the, th- the thing I think for this arena, Will, I think it would be great if Coca-Cola and Bic <laughs> teamed up for the Pens and Cola arena oh, in Pensacola. <laughs> Pens and Cola. Since Bic... And it's Coke. I was like, where are you going with Bic? That's impressive. I'm into it. Thank you. I felt good about it. 
Uh, TV rating for this week's episode of SmackDown is a 3.4. Uh, and uh, we're, gonna, we're getting real close to when it's going to be Raw again, this show. We're getting close. This era of SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, Some I would even say think... we're maybe two weeks away from it. Oh, okay. What was the record Raw have? Is it 84 weeks or 83 weeks? Man, I'm confusing <laughs> that with something else. I'm using that with a different Eric Bischoff show, I think. He's he's back and better than ever. Uh, I will say, uh, I will note that this is the 198th episode of SmackDown. So we're a couple weeks away from a, a true... Uh, a big deal show. It's a, a big bad show that night. So, okay, to yeah, this will so, be the true hundredth episode. That's right. So, well, let's talk about let's talk about the show. Let's talk about the dark matches. The good folks in Pensacola, Florida, have seen before. Want to hear is about night. these? Yeah, there's a lot of debuts in rare guys on this show. In a weird way, like it's 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 strange. Okay, and I'll, I'll start off. Big one here. Throwing it out there. Ultimo Dragon defeated Crash. Ah, we do know this man is on the way. Ultimate no. Dragon, he's a, he's a big deal, WCW Cruiserweight. He's about to debut on WWE TV. We see a clip of it tonight, which we'll talk about when we get on SmackDown. And he took on Crash here, and um, what, what I was happy to find out was that I have enough sourcing, and I'm, I can actually tell you the finish of that match. It's but, excellent, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly, and my sourcing is not always great, so I could be wrong, but you would never know it because you need to have other information that you absolutely do not cannot find online. So this is correct as far as I'm concerned. He beat him with an Indian Deathlock bridge. Oh. So I know what an Indian Deathlock is. I'm presuming he kind of just flips him over onto his back and he kind of arches and that's a pin cover would be my guess. I guess so. It'd be hard to get out of that. I mean, I don't – don't sign sure. me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I wanted to stretch you, you know, if you wanted to try your ridge, I would have tried you. Uh, the day before, he defeated Rico in a dark match on Raw. Oh, okay. So he was also equal opportunity going to Raw as well. Just check that out. How great would it be you go to Raw and you're like, oh, Rico, who's he going up against? Ultimo Dragon. Because at that point, you wouldn't even know he's going to debut. It would have been a true, true, true surprise. Eh, maybe people on the internet no, like knew. People on the internet but... did know. But, uh, I mean, if you're on Raw, you wouldn't think. Anyway, who knows? Uh, also, Canyon, Chris Canyon specifically, and Sean Evans defeated David Flair and Jim Stack. Okay. And I always get a kick out of imagining that it's Chris Canyon the guy from Hot Ones, Sean Evans. But it's not, unfortunately, it's the deceased wrestler. But I just like the idea of being like forearms in the corner and being like, let's check out your Instagram. <laughs> just hitting with the forearms and being like, so I heard you went to high school with this guy. And they go, ah, oh, the opponent goes, ah, oh, how did you even know that, man? Your tag team could be called the Skull Villains. I don't get it. The Scoville? The Scoville scale is what they oh, used to measure. Oh, the Villains. Oh, you said the Skull Villains. No, Skull Villains. Villains. Sorry. Okay, thank you. Actually, I rescind my silence and I replace it with charmed <laughs> laughter. <laughs> uh, what a pert, happily way of doing that. I appreciate it. It would have made more sense, Matt, written out. Some of these jokes, I got to write them out. You know, we don't know <laughs> if it's the right medium for the show. We thought we were just going to start doing newsletters. <laughs> we're we doing it. it all wrong. What, are we, what were we thinking? Man, uh, trip, uh, the SmackDown 6 podcast was really good. Whatever happened to it? Oh, they turned into a newsletter. They decided it was a mistake. It became it's an NFT. Now. You, get an the, NFT. The, you get the SmackDown 6 NFT, dude. Come on. Yeah, they're going to do actually that. the Wu-Tang thing with Martin Shkreli bought it, where they're going to just they report all the podcasts, <laughs> they're going to put it on a disc, and then you have to, uh, you have to buy it. And then one person never gets it. <sighs> Very exciting. So those are the dark matches. And then let's talk about what the good folks saw on Velocity Yeah, that night. And so we saw uh, Bill DeMott hit Shannon Moore with his uh, inverted DDT swing into a cutter move, which is kind of like it's kind of like a twist of fate, only instead of you moving around the guy, you move the guy with you, if that makes okay. sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're, you're, you're turning and you're also getting into a cutter. And 
for the second week in a row, Bill DeMott told a joke before his match. Uh, oh, he's last... being humorous? He was, and I don't understand the move toward it, because he's still Bill DeMott, and I don't remember if Hugh Morris actually told jokes, but he was he telling did. jokes. Last yeah. week's joke was super inappropriate and weird. Oh, okay. And uh, this, if you have to, let's go back to listen to last week's episode. Uh, it was truly strange. <laughs> uh, and this week's this week's episode was a dumb knock-knock anti-joke. It was, just wasn't anything. Oh, okay. Um, anti-joke. Been... Knowledge the anti-joke. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for referencing. That'll <laughs> come up later, too. These all make sense, everybody. <laughs> they make sense. Yeah, they make sense if you watch the show, which is true. And then we have another interesting debut, uh, which is Orlando Jordan. Yeah. Not only does he debut, he pins Jamie Noble after a reversed uh, a reversed attempted roll-up victory. Oh, he rolls the uh, so roll up and then he rolls through and then pins him. I believe so, if I recall Pretty correctly. And so, okay. so he'll show up on SmackDown in another month. So there's a reason yeah. why this guy you've never heard of is beating. He'll Jamie be a Noble big SmackDown player in a couple of years. He'll be around. He'll be around. Uh, and then A Train pinned Joey Matthews, or also known as Joey Mercury, after a train wreck backbreaker. Joey so Mercury, here's another guy. Yeah, future, only... future Eminem, future uh, Jamie Noble. Um, not tag team, but uh, when they were J and J Security with Seth Rollins back in 2015. Uh, so th- that's this, cool. Part of part of that too. Also uh, had his uh, house bought by CM Punk when he was having financial troubles. Uh, and can you imagine if CM Punk and him have had a falling out since then? Yes, they have. So Ugh. he's not friends with Joey Mercury. That's too bad. I, though, I, I, would, I do like to imagine that there's a time where uh, Jamie Noble is sitting backstage. He's icing himself after his loss, and then. This young guy comes in, Joey Mercury. He's also he's oh, he's also hurting, and he goes, "Hey, what's up?" And they sit down, they strike up a friendship that lasts um, through the uh, with Seth Rollins. So that's the really I mean, thing presumably to this day, unless they had that's a falling right. out as well. Segment Who's- alert: John Cena came out. And he did a rap on Velocity. So here's the thing, Matt. Did you hold on? Did you watch that? I noticed John Cena wasn't on this episode of SmackDown, <laughs> and I was almost going to tender my resignation. I was very upset. <laughs> And I thought, wait a minute, Will. There's more than one show on this show. Let's check out Velocity. And Matt, what does Velocity yield to me? Well, it yield John Cena had a promo. And if you're a Velocity fan, this is right up your alley. Yo, 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 chill, chill. I'm preaching thugonomics on Velocity. We're taking over the green screen. John Cena and Saturday Night. You couldn't find a better dream team. But I'm frustrated. And we're underrated. We got the best show in the world. I mean, Kat's always calling his mama. And Josh, he ain't never kissed a girl. But that's okay, you pipsqueak. I'm here to save you this week. And my Johnson is longer than a Joe DiMaggio hit streak. After the show, we can get out on a hibachi. Drinking full bottles of sake. I'm battle rapping with Funaki. All the censors hate me. And the parents can't believe me. Because their kids throw up the double horns. After seeing me on TV. Whether you like me or you hate me, there's no way you can ignore me. And they don't let me curse on TV. I'll have the crowd curse for me. You attack me, it's like acne. I'll pop you like a zit. Because when you're untouchable, you don't take no. Yes, yeah, that was John's rap. What do you think? He calls out Cat. He calls out Josh Matthews. The Josh Matthews uh, has never kissed a girl is a virgin thing continues to be uh, a common uh, thing mentioned here. I kind of sure. find it funny. I don't know why. Just, just the that as a line of, of questioning is funny. 
Uh, I mean, Josh Matthews is he's a good-looking young guy for the time. He's you know, he's all puka shelled up. You know, he's doing he's that whole puka thing. Shelled up. He's got some frosted so, tips going on. Yeah, he looks good. I just like that. I'm reminded of the time where Taz said that Josh Matthews told him he was a virgin because it's just such a, a ludicrous thing. Because <laughs> it, it suggests that Josh Matthews is either confiding in Taz and having that confidence ruined because he's sharing it on television. Or Josh Matthews just very casually goes up and tells people he's, he's a virgin. Maybe he had too much sake and when they were at the hibachi. John Cena was battle rapping with Funaki, and Josh was like, hey, Taz, i got to tell you something. Right. It's possible. I'm actually a virgin. <laughs> it's, per- it's a perfect, descri- perfect opportunity. I'm glad you mentioned Funaki, by the way, because if you if you can believe it, this, the Velocity Main event featured yeah. Funaki. Yes, Matt yeah. Hardy he ended up pinning Funaki he had, after he hit two twists of face on him. He did uh, two. He did two. He was kind of being crazed. Like he hit him with a twist of fate, and he's like, ah, and they're like, oh, come on, come on, Matt, what are you doing? Like, oh, you're, being, you're being totally crazy. Uh, now I will say, uh, the Matt facts this week. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't love them. Uh, you know, he has these these facts that show up on the screen as he comes out. Uh, the first one was Matt speaks better English than Funaki. Don't love that. Uh-huh. That's not a good angle. Don't appreciate that as a as a concept there. And uh, then Matt knows the capitals of all the states, um, which is I don't know. These are just, yeah, these are just grasping at straws by this point. Yeah, the, he really ran out of steam. There's one a couple weeks ago where it was, or it was a few weeks ago where he was just kind of like, Matt, Matt is the first practitioner of Mattitude. I was like, this is, you got to stop it if you can't keep going with it. Matt's name is Matt. Right. <laughs> Matt has a brother named Jeff. Like, Matt has a brother named Jeff. Jeff. His last name is Hardy. Can you believe it? Uh, so, you, so, let's talk about this week's episode of SmackDown. Uh, and uh, we begin with a video package recapping last week's events when Vince came out and said he was mad and that by the end of the night he would be happy. And he set up a match, which was Roddy Piper's career versus Mr. America takes a lie detector test, which is <laughs> one of the better one of the better descriptions of a gimmick match that's ever had to happen before. Which I'm very I'm just very fond of that as a thing. Because uh, yeah. no it's kind of, kind of no other way to describe it. Like it's also like it's like Ryan Piper's career. It's like Ryan Piper doesn't have a career. Like what do you? He's wrestling, but he's not. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, sorry, just on, on I know on cage, I know how you mean that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Cage Match last week's show featured uh, a match called uh, the stipulation was if Mysterio wins he gets a cruiserweight title shot handicap match, and uh, lie detector test versus Piper's job. Piper, yeah, just the <laughs> idea that Piper has a job period is just strange. Yeah, his job is to just be a be on the show, I guess. I guess good good, yeah. good, good work if you can get it. I guess again, very vague uh, rules for certain individuals on this program, including even the first person who shows up on the show. Right. Yes, very true. Uh, anyway, that that match, the Piper's career versus the Mister America takes a lot of technical tests, was between Sean O'Hare and Mister America. Yes. And uh, it led to Vince coming out and getting some rent-a-cops to arrest Zach Gowan, who is the one-legged young fan of Mr. America. Mm-hmm. And Mr. America got counted out. And that means he has to take the lie detector test tonight. And so, of course, just to be clear, the goal of the lie detector test from Vince is that Vince wants to have Mr. America sit down and say, I am Hulk Hogan. That is the whole thing. He's trying to prove this whole idea that Hulk Hogan is the guy under the mask, and it makes him it drives him crazy. So... My thinking is, I mean, Vince could have had this locked up a long time ago. All you got to do is this, okay? So Mr. America's in catering, right? He's putting some, uh, maybe he's getting himself a uh, a Stacey Keebler-sized plate of uh, vegetables from catering after Four the guys vegetables. ate everything. And, uh, you know, Vince should just have someone go up behind him. Not Vince, because it'll be too obvious. Like, just get a crew member to go up behind Mr. America and be like, excuse me, uh, Hogan? And have him turn around and be like, aha! 
I got you. You respond to the name. That's it. That settles it. Right. It'd just be like, Mr. Nanny was bad. He'd be like, I agree, brother. Or something like that. You know, like, <laughs> there's different ways. There's you know, more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. Yeah. So like, uh, I, I'm so mad that Hulk Hogan uh, beat Randy Savage at WrestleMania 5. I thought that was a terrible. We're talking about, brother. I mean, yeah, just start, just start like saying Hulk Hogan rumors and things like no, that. No, I think the Ultimate Warrior was better than Hulk Hogan. I thought he was a big upgrade. What are you talking about, dude? And he was, he was also more coherent. <laughs> start, just just nice, start laying that on there. Just a nicer guy all around. Yeah, I heard the Nasty Boys that didn't deserve a do- job. In WCW. <laughs> what are you talking about, good you guys? Know, I think Bruce Barber Beefcake actually gave bad haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him better when his face was smashed. That's right. Uh, so that video leads into our I Want It All video intro. That oh, the yeah. name of the rap that begins SmackDown. Well, this is a relatively new intro. What did you think of it? I was so happy to hear it last week. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yes, the Predator smells fear, and I, pel- I smell a lot. It's just awesome. Uh, and I think it's just such a necessary grade for SmackDown. I think it establishes it more as its own show because Beautiful mm-hmm. People was a hangover from when uh, everybody was on SmackDown. So, uh, and... Yeah, it just it just looks cool with that B roll, that kind of shimmering B roll that they they have and they'll they'll use for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, uh, and ending it on Kurt Angle, huge fan. I love it. I think it's yeah, really it's cool. very cool. It's a very yeah, it's a very good, good very good one. There. Just gives and the show a cool vibe, and they also like you know kind of change the graphics up a little bit too. If that's right. You're about to get to that, yeah. Yeah, they the the kind of a backlashify the graphics there, which we talked about last week. So HR Geiger kind of uh, hooks and stuff and piping. <laughs> no, it's not like, it's not like uh, dripping. Uh, yeah, yeah, dripping orifices and stuff. That's yeah. why it's, it's pulsating. That'd be good. Yeah, we just need some sort of body horror, some some Lynchian kind of yeah. thing. I mean, at the time of recording this, uh, you know, we're on the precipice of Dune making theatrical debut once That's again. True. Yeah, speaking and of so, David Lynch. Yeah, so we yeah some sort of body horror would be good like the flyer. Yeah, there's not enough dripping in the uh, the video back. Give me more dripping. I want it wet. Uh, so the pyro blows up. We're live to tape in Pensacola, Florida, and we're told the main event tonight is Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker tag teaming uh, uh, for the first time, as far as I know, uh, against the FBI. Uh, which was set up pretty concretely last week when uh, the Undertaker returned to run off the FBI. So do we get to do we have to blow off the FBI storyline where they're causing ruckuses and getting people injured and hurting important figures like Nathan Jones? Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see. Yeah. And so Sable's music hits and out she walks. Oh boy. And Cole, Cole reminds Taz that Sable gave him a lot of grief last week on the show after his performance as the uh, MC for the bikini contest at Judgment Day. That's true. Yeah. He wasn't the he judge. Looked- the crowd was the judge, right? I was a judge. Yes, that's right. And uh, Taz, yeah, Taz looked pretty mad last week when uh, Tori got all up in his grill. And or sorry, not Tori, Sable. <laughs> it would have been awesome. I wanted Tori. I wanted a Tori heel turn in all of this at, at some point, so she can kind of extract revenge on her on her enemies. Extract or exact? It's the latter. Exact. She wants to exact um, revenge. That's right. Not uh, not uh, kind of uh, flimsy, uh, unclear revenge. She wants exact revenge. Yeah, Taz. Looked, are you saying Taz looked you, mad last week? He did. He looked like he could do the Taz mission on Sable. Uh, which would which yeah. would get him a uh, F5 uh, retroactively, I think. Or I whatever think the opposite so. retroactively would be. Uh, <laughs> Proactively? Proactively. Just, uh, gives him an F5 no, okay. just in case. Yeah. Uh, Tori turning heel. Would she just wear, like, moo-moos and, like, really, like, really, like, triple XL. <laughs> Real frumpy. Triple XL, like, um, uh, <laughs> Notorious B.I.G. hoodies. 
Uh, or you're kind of you're kind of setting up a situation where she is like she's kind of doing uh, a Liam Neeson uh, revenge movies kind of thing where she's like going around and injuring women uh, that have wronged her. But I like the idea of her wearing enormous skills. wrap hoodies. I think that would be great. I think it would look awesome. Yeah, that's triple XL. I think that would be really cool. But unfortunately, we never uh, we never get to it. I forget who says it, Matt. But right away, someone says, "I think it might be Michael Cole." What would SmackDown be without Sable? I mean, we knew it was like. We recently. <laughs> Quite recently. It was it's better. Fine. It was better. Sorry. It was actually honestly better. It's not her fault per se, but it's honestly better. Um, Sable gets on the mic when she gets to the ring and she asks Taz if he missed her. And Taz says, like a bad rash. Get it? Oh, Sable says, what would SmackDown be without Sable? Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. That makes sense. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a bad rash. Yeah, Taz. Taz is a soured on Sable as of late. Well, I mean, she dumped the water on him. So she dumped him. water on him, of course. No, it makes perfect sense. Uh, this is the. I mean, I could have introduced this and said this is the continuation of the Sable Taz feud. Yeah, which is not an incorrect way of describing it. I think maybe the most accurate way of describing it, one that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't know how you blow this this off, but that's the whole thing. I mean, you'd have to have representatives fight for them. It'd have to be a uh, you know battle of the billionaire style uh, uh, con- contest where you yeah. you appoint a, a champion. Taz would have Trump wrestling for him, and uh, Sable get Vince. Yeah, this guy's great. He's from New York. <laughs> Taz, for the get the orange hat, take the red one off. Uh, <laughs> so Sable's actually here. She's got a reason. She's gonna be the ring announcer for this next match. So she does have a job. I was alluding to the fact that Sable doesn't really have a job uh, on the show, but yeah, I mean, so far we've seen her. She's been um, bikini contest contestant, uh, bikini contest um, kind of. Um, I don't know. I guess uh, promoter. She, she, yeah, promoter, yeah. She yeah. had the the Sable Invitational, of course, in in her in her honor. Uh, she was a, a referee. Now she's an announcer. So Sable actually is good. Now I will say her announcing is uh, it's good. It's a little editorialized, though, Matt. I don't know if you mm. noticed that. You know, when she's announcing people, she she says some stuff. She probably you know, I've never heard Chimble say Lillian Garcia, uh, Finkel. You know. Even uh, Jason, Justin Roberts, any of those individuals, Sable, I think, uh, has uh, more artistic reign to say what she wants. It's true. I mean, you know, she's she's a stretched, you know, in terms of the different things she has. She's varied, right? She's the Jill of all trades, so she's not always going to necessarily uh, get all of these exactly right. Yeah. And uh, she's, you know, trades. she's – thank you for appreciating that. Uh, you know, Sable says Tori is from Loserville. <laughs> which is rude because she's from iowa i believe if i'm not mistaken I think she's from iowa yeah how do the iowans feel about that and then something she hits which i i, I want to complain about this for like 20 seconds she says that she weighs quote too much and i yeah. i hate all the tori is fat digs i hate it because i i just it bothers me that this is a thing that girls who were watching the show at the time which hopefully very few did uh, because it wasn't great for the for them, but like just to be to see someone who looks like Tori being called fat is just so like damaging to female body image. It's a very real thing. I don't like it there. I don't like I don't like when they use kind of like Funaki can't speak English. Like that is also not something I enjoy. Yeah, uh, it, and it also wasn't good for the time. It was you know it was 2003, but it still wasn't that wasn't acceptable then either. But uh, so the table. Doing the Tori's fat stuff, I don't like it. No, it's not. It, it's bad. It's being spoke of by the the bad guy, um, right? Obviously, but um, yeah, like it's supposed to make Sable seem just insane. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Well, it reminds me, Will, of what you loved a few weeks ago when uh, Vince McMahon was in Halifax and 
uh, was talking to the oh, Quebec Oh, I guy. loved when he said, and for not- tastes <laughs> not bad for Canadian coffee, not the stirry coffee bit. But Vince yeah. McMahon and Tori Wilson, Matt, they share an interesting connection that we'll find out about later on in the show. Boy, do they. Boy, do they. Good grief. Will is already <gasps> laughing. It comes up in the, in the, uh, it comes up in the lie detector segment, folks. Oh, we'll yeah. get there. No, we won't miss it. Uh, she, <laughs> Sable goes on to announce that Nydia yeah. uh, has a boyfriend. Quote, unquote, and, boyfriend. And she seems to be saying it like, haha, like your relationship isn't serious enough yet, which is kind of, I don't know. That's the vibe I got from it. Again, I think Sable's just supposed to look insane. He's just like, sure. what are you talking about? She's just saying stuff like, she's not a real boy. Like, wait, shut up. I would like the idea of being like, if he, was, he put a ring on it, and then maybe there's some pressure there, some social pressure there. For <laughs> and she gives Nidia grief for her fashion choices as well. I mean, she's a she's a trailer trash. This is the goal. This is the uh, this is what she's supposed to do. Nidia uh, dresses how she wants. She feels no social pressure. She's free with her body, uh, and uh, she's just she's just fantastic. We love Nidia. Absolutely. Uh, and so once again, I love it. Jamie Noble is shi- uh, shining. As he pumps up Nidia, she walks down to the ring. So he he acts totally different when he's wrestling versus when she is. Because yeah. the, the entrance is the same. They walk out. He trolls her around. Slaps her on the rear end, usually. Of course. Uh, and when he's wrestling, he does that. And he's like, let's go. And then when she's wrestling, he's like, yeah, you can do it. He's like yelling at her, like encouraging her the whole time. It's a great character work. I think it's a fantastic. And it's it's a good example, Matt, of a, a beautiful, healthy relationship that Jamie Noble, Jamie Noble and Nidia have. There we go. Um, yes. Uh, we'll, we'll forget that earlier in the fall he was uh, kind of being a bit abusive towards her, but uh, they forgot about that. We're going to forget about that. We're just going to move on. Hey. And, uh, we yeah. get uh, we, we get a shot of the crowd here, and the commentators say, whoa, as they spot Zach Gowan in the third row. Yeah, he's in the uh, third row, by the way. It's a bold move being there after nearly getting arrested last week. I'll probably find out what happened to him then. <laughs> no, uh, I got Zach Gowan. to the building. Yeah, they, they wouldn't have a photograph of this individual. Like, don't admit, uh, you know, don't let this guy in. They're like, nah, it's it's fine. Also, if you see the skinniest nineteen year old you've ever seen in your life. Don't let him in the building. He's a very slight fellow, and he and he's very young. Do we very young? He had an interview last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> last week it was it was so good. It was very watchable. It wasn't awkward at all. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't one of the uh, most awkward television segments I've seen. <laughs> He's just asking him, so what happened to your leg? Um, hey, you got, you, you got that leg cancer, didn't you? Where Did he say where he's from, by the way? Is he from Florida? Oh, he said something. It's, I, there was, I, I knew at one point. I don't remember I, That's fine. I also could have done my own research. He's but one of the I, Cleveland Gowanses. Uh, I mean, perhaps. Uh, maybe trained with uh, Gargano and uh, Mizanin. Oh, and Yeah, out there. Um so we're not really led to believe that Zach Gowan lives in Pensacola, Florida. Like later on, we find out that he bought a ticket to the show, which he yeah. says front row ticket, which is not 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 accurate. He's a Michigander, just to be clear, Michigander. Right. So not close to uh, Pensacola at all. So he, I was like, I just bought myself a front row ticket to SmackDown to see Mister America. Uh, also, also, I Bob- flew across the country to do it. So. I also got a Greyhound bus. I went to Pensacola. You ever take a bus to Pensacola, Florida from Michigan? <laughs> I've seen some things, all right? Things I better you wouldn't believe. That's right. Uh, so, yes, he's there. And I, I just like any time where they're just like, hey, someone's here in the crowd. Interesting. I wonder if that'll be a matter later that it'll come up. It does. Yeah, and Zach's trying really hard just, like, to, just to look natural in the crowd. Like, oh, what's going right. on over there? It's like, oh, you can just match. stand there. It's okay. <laughs> So we start the match off. Tori knocks Jamie Noble off the apron to get things going. Uh, Nidia gets Tori in the corner. She hits some chops on her before hitting a suplex. And Michael Cole talks about tonight. He mentions that uh, tonight there will be the debut of the Basher brothers, whoever they are. 
Right. So I've never heard of them. them. Or have and, I? Uh, maybe. And so just as Cole mentions the Bashams, Tori is a leapfrog. Where she lands, she holds her knee. And I legit thought she was injured here. She had me. She, I she was had believing me. it. Yeah. Well, then Nydia kicks her knee at Jamie Noble's direction. And, and referee yeah, Mike Jamie, Sparks. Yeah, Jamie screams for her to go at it. at his, uh, So she follows his behest. That's right. And so referee Mike Sparks is being very careful with Tori trying to sell that injury there. So, yeah, kind of funny whenever there's a time where I think something is legitimately uh, an injury when it's not the case. Just interesting. Yeah, she worked Uh, this, brother. And so despite her her knee injury of varying realness, uh, Tori manages to take down Nydia. And uh, just in time because they set up the very goofy women women rolling around on the mat and the ref gets tripped up and rolled over spot. Yeah. They dig this one to the next level, too. Yes, absolutely. I can I say I would love to see a match where just like it's Finn Balor against Cesaro, and they just <laughs> no start... like ha- have it be like what, like a fatal four way, like Finn Balor, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, and uh, Sami Zayn, and they're all going at it, and all four of them lock up. Like, how many guys can we pile on a guy? I'd love that, or even uh, uh, Jess, uh, their 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 female referee that they have yeah. there, one of the female referees they have in WWE, have them roll over her. Or just have them all roll over, uh, you know, one of our uh, our good friends, Matt, the current WWE staff of uh, officials, all doing a fantastic job. Absolutely. Um, we would love to see them get more involved in matches because, again, clearly they've all been trained to wrestle because they're all jacked. And uh, <laughs> this is how it is, right? Just like people train to wrestle and they sometimes they, you know, become a commentator, become an announcer or become a, a referee. Yeah. No matter what happens, though, you have to sell it like you're like, oh, I got rolled over. That was pretty fun. (laughs) Kevin Owens. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what gender you are. You have to act like it was like a fun, sexy time for you. All right. That's important. (laughs) It was was fun and sexy. I got to say it was both those things. (laughs) And so they do this spot to Mike Sparks and Mike Sparks takes it. Yeah. To another level. This is one of the this is. Is the house showiest moment of the night for but, sure? But honestly, this is the first of two times where the referee is yeah. doing things that I've never seen a referee really do before. Because Mike Sparks brushed himself off with a smile, I know, which I he's know done the other before. thing you're talking about. Yeah, thank you. Good. We'll, we'll hit it later. Yeah. Uh, he even goes so far as to get onto the second rope and raise his arms in victory, like he's which, Steve Austin. Yes, it was one of the strangest things I've ever seen. But right. the crowd loves it. Pensacola. Like, a, a referee big... like doing that. You're like, what on earth? Uh, but uh, they do, all yeah, for his, they all like for it. Mike Sparks is a sweet sixteen. By the way, that was that's why they did that. That's right. Yes, happy. Uh, he's Mazeltov. He's becoming a man. I'm very proud. Very happy for him. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I have my well, I have my envelope full of cash here somewhere. Uh, I haven't been to a lot of bar, bar mitzvahs, but I'm excited to be for this one. It's good. It's I think good, the DJs yeah. are going to be excellent. So I'm excited for that. Uh, and so <laughs> Nidia is talking to Sparks, probably about like, hey, why are you celebrating a lot about that? That's weird. You're a referee, uh, but that <laughs> gives Noble. It gives Noble a chance to push Tori and distract her, which allows Nydia to roll up Tori, and she gets the one, two, three. Yes, she does. Yeah, our first uh, kind of uh, wonky finish of the night. Absolutely. And so Sable announces Nydia is the winner, and then we see Taz take off his headset and get up, and then he hits Jamie Noble's head against the ring to take him out. And I just yeah. I wrote down why. Like he's, he's had enough of that. I think he says, like, before he does it, he's like, enough of this, and gets up and, and shoves Jamie Noble. He always talks highly of Jamie Noble. Such a strange thing. This is just a whole. This, this is just to so set weird. up what's going on, yeah. And, and then uh, he grabs Nydia, Taz does. He almost hits her, which allows Tori to take well, Nydia, her shorts Nydia off. grabs him. I think Nydia yeah, is like, what are you okay. doing? My boyfriend grabs him. He turns around, goes to slug, and goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Cole's like, well, he can't do that, partner. He's like, no, right. no, he's not going to. He's not going to. So that distraction allows Tori to take Nydia's pants off, leave yep. her in her underwear. Of course. Which, 
that kind of humiliation was played for last 2003, you know? And I was I was trying to think about that. I was like, what would happen in 2021 if, like, Bianca Belair just took off Becky Lynch's pants? Like, you just can't do that. Not for a minute. N- no. No. Or, like, no. Was, yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and the, probably the safest thing was just allude to it and move <laughs> on. I didn't do that. That's okay. Uh, Sable then gets involved, and she tosses a whole pitcher of water at Taz. Yeah, where and- was that pitcher of water from? Like, that's, I didn't even think about that. Why, Why is there a pitcher of water ringside? pitcher of water at ringside. What's the point? Would it have been better if there was like a maitre d' there with like a towel on his hand? <laughs> like, oh, well, he got it from the maitre d' stand, of course. The chap waters. Can I just you in the third classy. row seat next to Zach Gowan? <laughs> There we go. Uh, I, what is with this Taz Sable feud? What could, like, it can't lead to anything. There's nothing. There's nowhere for it to go. I just don't get it. I, I don't remember it just a, uh, No, I, it's completely forgettable. I think it's just a pop Vince. He thinks it's, uh, 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 he thinks it's funny. But this segment doesn't end. It keeps going. It does not end because Tori starts to hobble towards Sable with a bottle of water trying to get her wet like Taz. But she's kind of too far away by the time Tori, get, Tori gets to her. Yeah. So Tori's trying to get after that, too. This is just a weird mishmash of feuds here. Michael Cole says, uh, all hell is breaking loose here on SmackDown. Well, the hell is also pulling into the building here because we go outside to the wet parking lot where Limo pulls up and outsteps Satan himself, Vince McMahon. Hell, comma, no chance in. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you got. Uh, And so Vince tells the driver of the car that he should open the door for him. (laughs) Just unnecessarily being a jerk. Oh, yeah. Just love it. I really hope he gets his just desserts. Uh, and, uh, oh, I don't know. He's Vince McMahon. You never he doesn't lose want the Hogan. He never loses. The handicap spot he's blocking. <laughs> so the the limo's parked across like five spots. Yes. One of them happens to be a handicap spot for some reason. The, yes. the, the limo driver, who will come to know, is named Rufus. Uh, says, uh, "Mr. McMahon, I'm parked in a handicap zone. I can't park in a handicap zone." But it's also one of those things where I'm like, well, it's handicap zone in front of an arena you re- you are doing an event in front of. So like the people who would call about that would be you, right? Like wouldn't you be or like wouldn't the building be running? Like you can kind of do whatever you want on. Private. Or would it be the well? Would it be the city who takes care of those handicap would be, spots? That would, that would have to be like a street though, right? Like when I like I my understanding is when I'm like and we could get into different handicap spot law. If you're in a parking lot, it's like a private area. And so the people who would report you for parking there when you shouldn't would be, I think, the people who own the business. Okay, yeah, and then they call the tow truck or something yeah, in. I, I guess so. Anyway, this is all to say that Hulk, uh, Hogan, McMahon cares not for the handicap, Matt. He doesn't care. He's Vince McMahon. Damn it, he can park wherever he wants. So I'll be honest with you, I did not pick. I did not see this as Chekhov's handicap spot. Oh yeah, it totally, is. it totally is. <laughs> also, I feel like Vince had, had slightly different body language and composure when we got out of the van, considering out of the limo, considering we know what happened uh, in there earlier. It was believe <laughs> that. That. And Vince says he's not going to take long tonight because the lie detector test won't take long itself. Uh, and that's later in the show, but uh, Vince is confident. By the way, that's a promise that doesn't come true. It does not take not long itself. It takes no, it's, a, a piece of time. It's 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 lengthy. Absolutely. Uh, then, we, then we go to see some two law enforcement officials in bad ties and blue shirts. <laughs> and they have Stephanie McMahon hooked up to a lie detector. They yeah. ask her some basic questions. And yep. this is where we first hear that when you say a, a, a you tell the truth with an answer, you answer correctly. Yeah. Uh, there's an overly cartoonish ding <laughs> sound effect. Yes. Like truly, like be, well beyond 
like you're like oh it's probably just kind of like dings it's like no no it's like a it's a cartoon ding no it's like the iphone like text um uh chime right it's like yes ding. it's it's like that very bellish thing so they they ask you know to administer the lie detector they ask a couple of questions right man to make sure it's working uh and that and that it's a kind of um you know uh hooked up to your wavelengths or whatever i think it takes blood pressure and like like the saltiness of your skin if you start to sweat or something. They ask her her name, Stephanie McMahon. Or they say, is your name Stephanie McMahon? She says, yes. And they ask, then they follow right up with the next logical step. Have you ever cheated on your taxes? And then she says, okay, I think we're done here. And right. takes Which the machine off. strikes me as an admission of guilt. I'm just going to say that. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And uh, so Cole and Taz talk about the lie detector, and they throw to a clip from last week's Team Angle versus Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri match, where Eddie frames Charlie Haas for a chair shot on the referee. Classic. Love it. And and we see Team Angle walk through the back, and Shelton says they need to win tonight so they don't let Kurt Angle down when he's back next week. That's right. Nanaheim. Starts on that. And then we have a lovely little scene here. Eddie Guerrero is in the locker room, <laughs> Love and this. he calls over to Jerry, and Jerry is wearing... Because <laughs> uh, Jerry has been has been enlisted as Eddie's tag team partner since Judgment Day. Chavo was hurt, so Jerry stepped in. And, uh, you know, they're doing a little thing here where, you know, Eddie's trying to teach Jerry a little bit of his culture. Absolutely. I love it. And so Tajiri is wearing a cheat to win shirt. It's got fringe sleeves. Someone yeah. has done some work on it to try to make it a little bit more. I don't know what you could call that ethnic. I don't know. Uh, and he's also got a very this, this oversized bandana on his head. And Tajiri is practically giggling about his getup. <laughs> he's so and happy. He says that Eddie has Latino heat and he has Tajiri heat, and then he mimes <laughs> doing his green mist, which I like. Yeah. And then uh, Tajiri says they don't have to walk out together because they got some wheels. Yeah, he's got yeah, in his in his trunks, he's got uh, a, a set of keys. Yeah, uh, he's got dangling. a fob there. Yeah, he's got a fob. Uh, when he he also intimates that it was stolen, and this <laughs> we leads Eddie. We, we steal essay. Yes, <laughs> and only to Jerry says it in his fantastic voice. Oh and yeah, Eddie almost tearfully says he's learning so fast. Like <laughs> he's he's learning proud. So fast. I love this uh, odd couple. I was like a little, you know, I was a little uh, worried for. Um, the gimmick overall, losing Chavo because it was just starting to, no pun intended, heat up. Uh, but it was, uh, it was good. It's good to see Tajiri in there, and they're like, you know what? This is kind of like Tajiri's kind of the band aid, but let's let's try to make a thing of it. Sure, Tajiri can, you know, uh, he can hang too, which is good, right? Oh, and and they're yeah. having fun with him here. So it's it's actually of all the people you could have added to it, it's pretty good. Yes, I, I think yeah. probably the best. Uh, the best guy you could add. I think I a few weeks ago I was like, well, the logical person to be here would be uh, Chris Benoit. He's not doing anything right now, and Eddie and Chris have tag team before. Actually, pretty amazing, but they didn't want to do that because Chris Benoit is busy doing. Huh? Yeah, he's in shrug right emoji. Now. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, absolutely. So next up we have Team Angle versus Eddie Guerrero and Jerry for the WWE Tag Team Titles once again. So this is the uh, the second week in a row and the third match in a row. They're going head to head. <laughs> the re re rematch. Yeah. Uh, the camera shows they have a, sh- a small, a pretty tight shot of the crowd, and there's two "you suck" signs in it, which I like because they're not they're not showing like a big overview of the crowd. They're showing like 16 people, and two of them have a "you suck" signs on there, which I liked. It was good. Uh, I'm gonna mention too that this yes. is a weird uh, setup because the hard camera's on the opposite side again. Yep. Uh, and it's uh, no uh, stage. It's just, there's no um, ramp. This is just a flat, no flat to the ground. Set. Just the floor. There. This is a small arena, so I guess I don't know. They've been doing a lot I don't of know those. What's go- I don't know if it goes to get into the determination for the hard camera thing. I don't get mm. exactly what that is. Yeah. Uh, but it's a curious thing. But, uh, yes, thank you for noting that, Will. Pensacola, the uh, Pensacola Civic Center is not uh, that big. That's right. Thanks. Coca. Speaking of sponsors, Coca-Cola and Bic. And then this week's sponsors. Thank you. Taco Bell. Where they, yeah. they encourage you to think outside the bun. 
knowledge is the anti-drug. Yeah. Uh, Cole tells us the marijuana is the drug. Knowledge is the anti-drug. There you go. And uh, Stacker 2, which I guess is a good drug. <laughs> the world's best drug. <laughs> so the wheels that Tajiri alluded to earlier, uh, it's a Cadillac truck. Mm-hmm. And as far as I can tell, after doing a little bit of research here, I believe it's a recent, uh, probably 2002, 2003 Escalade, but it's got a truck bed mod. Because they weren't, uh, I don't think they were building these out of the factory with the truck bed. So I think this is a modified version of the Escalade, if I'm not mistaken. It, yeah, it had the name on the side, but I couldn't quite make it out. And mm-hmm. uh, my memory for Cadillacs isn't uh, spectacular. But this, uh, you know, it looks cool. Uh, pretty uh, subdued as far as, like, the custom wheels they get. It's kind of like a cream-colored uh, truck. But this truck's got a, a couple of tricks up its sleeve, Matt. Absolutely. It's got a little bit of hydraulics going on there. It's in the bounce and... The truck juts up and down. It jerks freaks around. Freaks Team Angle out. Well, freaks they, them. They, they do react like they they're dogs. They get scared. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. like dogs or kids or something. Was, they run under the ring. Everyone has to be quiet before they get to come out again. They <laughs> exactly. kind of like throw, throw a biscuit down. They're like, hey, got your favorite. Hey, Charlie's going to bite you if you get in there. Don't let him do that. <laughs> Charlie bit me. Hey, ouch, Charlie. Uh, just to add to that. Uh, also, it's fun because you can see Tajiri is smiling and holding on to like holding <laughs> the, on to the truck the, as it goes. The, the handle thingy. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so Team Angle attacks the good guys from behind as they stand on the second rope like they're Mike Sparks, and we're underway. <laughs> Charlie and Eddie, they tangle first, and at the end of their first exchange, Charlie throws Eddie outside, and Eddie tumbles quite amusingly to the floor. I like when they, uh, there's all sorts of fun ways to fall out of the ring, and this is one of them. Is this where he tweaks his knee? Uh, he might. I don't know. I think it's possible here. It might be a little bit later, though. Okay. Um, Shelton comes in. Oh, it uh, is. Eddie, uh, Eddie counters, and he gets a fun uh, a pop-up uh, dropkick before tagging into Jiri, who kicks Shelton, and he gets a fun head scissors in, too. Uh, and then Shelton and Jiri end up kicking each other in the head. Knocks That's right. down before commercial break, which I like. A little uh, little double-kick action. Kind of hard to make those work. I thought it worked okay here. Yeah, right before that, Jiri did, like, a screaming – he did a sunset flip, and then he did what uh, Taz couldn't help but call the egg roll – where it's a you're in sunset, oh yes, sunset flip position, and then he it's actually extremely hard to explain. Both guys just kind of like roll around on the mat in like a circle with Tajiri in the middle, and he screams the whole time. Now is are, is Tajiri in a sunset flip position, or is he or is he himself flipped over where his uh his heel his ankles are touching the guy as opposed oh, to his as a way to get out of it i think that i might think be he's it. he might be yeah i don't know this is one of, you have to go and watch it essentially but the victim yeah. turned victor i guess yeah yes okay i know what you mean anyway, anyway it was cool i like any yes. move that taz has to kind of reach to 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 tell of course wrestlemania we had the um the splatel that he was extremely excited about splatel pin between brock lesnar and um and Kurt Angle and Taz can always uh, Taz is pretty good at calling uh, some uh, lesser known moves. For sure, he's got yeah he's he, and he seems to enjoy it, which is nice. Good for oh, him. He loves it. He's a big wrestling fan, as yeah. we all are. And we when we get back from our break, Tajiri goes to kick Charlie Haas, but he catches the leg, and then Shelton Benjamin goes and he kicks Tajiri's other leg, which I've never really seen before. So Tajiri's got his leg held, and the other leg gets kicked. Yeah. And Tajiri then becomes firmly the tag team partner in peril, and. Uh, there is a submission attempt here. Eddie runs in to break up the submission on Tajiri while the ref is distracted. And then Charlie and Shelton Benjamin switch places. And then? Referee Brian Hebner comes up to them, and he asks if they switched. <laughs> and he even looks to the crowd for confirmation. Did he like, they switch? He claps the air and like, did they? Yeah. He's talking to the crowd. He's, he's essentially playing to the crowd. And I was just like, what Another is going on with these referees tonight? It's like, 
What do we? I don't know. Ask you know. I don't know. Ask the audience was uh, was allowed if uh, he was trying to get his final answer there. Yeah, it's like anyway. <laughs> He's trying to call his match fifty fifty. Of course, um, he should phone his dad. Uh, so he makes them switch back. He sends out. He sends Shelton's out. It's true. Uh, yeah. And he and Charlie argue their case. And so Tajiri crossed the corner to tag in Eddie, but uh, Charlie peels off from the argument to elbow Tajiri to stop that tag. So I kind of like that because when I saw Tajiri doing that, I was like, is this whole thing going to lead to them missing the tag? And no, Charlie Haas just leaves the argument to go hit Tajiri instead, which I liked. It was a good little change there. Yeah. Uh, Tajiri ends up getting the tag a little bit later on, and Eddie runs wild. Uh, and uh, he hits a monkey flip on Shelton, and, and sometimes this happened here where Eddie gets a, a monkey flip. It might be a Shelton Benjamin thing too, but where you do the monkey flip and the guy flips all the way around. On, on lands on his feet. It was really Lands cool. on his feet. And so this case, Shelton Benjamin gets flipped all the way around, lands on his feet, and knocks into Charlie Haas. Yeah. Which is a nice little move. It was sweet. And then Eddie hits three rolling suplexes on Charlie Haas, and he kicks Shelton away as he goes up top for the frog splash. And so he gets it on Charlie, but Shelton still manages to break up the pinfall after the frog splash. Uh, and then Team Angle do the, they do their really nice uh, super kick into jackknife uh, combo cover combo yeah which is a really nice thing so you like essentially you hold the guy in place the other guy gets super kicked the other guy super kicks your opponent and then you flip over so you got like a nice little roll up on them uh, and Tajiri breaks that one up uh, Eddie gets a double DDT on Team Angle and he gets to tag into Tajiri and Tajiri goes for a tornado tornado DDT. And Charlie Haas holds on, however, does not get hit with a DDT, and he turns it into a Northern Light Suplex, which is broken up by Eddie. Very cool. Good action. Uh, Shelton gets thrown outside, and Eddie follows up by throwing himself in a huge crossbody onto Shelton Benjamin, which is very nice, very nice to see. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, from the top. Yeah, he's not afraid. Even though he tweaked his knee earlier, he's not afraid to go uh, and risk it all. Absolutely. And then Charlie Haas gets the Haas of pain onto Jerry, and he's wrenching back on him. And I was like, what's going to happen here? He's got him pretty locked in. And- it seems because, you know, uh, his, his, his partner seemingly is, is uh, out of commission. I think that that right. seems to set up, Matt, a one-on-one finale with Charlie Haas having all the power and all the uh, uh, advantage. It's true. And then suddenly we hear a bell ring, and Charlie Haas releases the hold to celebrate because he's heard the bell ring. Was there a chief detector on the – <laughs> ding yeah uh and so he goes to get brian hebner ref- referee to raise his arm but then brian hebner is saying emphatically since i never ring the bell i never did it and then we see eddie sneak into the ring with a tag team belt and he goes to hit charlie but he misses and then he and charlie have a tug of war over the belt and uh charlie gets the belt and they both kind of fly backwards so you have you know the dramatic end to a tug of war where you, ah, and you both fly backwards of course and uh referee's still talking to the timekeeper and when he turns around Eddie's laying on his back. And Eddie, essentially, he, he, before he turns around, Eddie is adjusting himself behind the ref's back so he looks right. Like he got properly hit with the belt, which I like. He's really kind of maneuvering himself. And then Charlie Haas is holding the belt and looking guilty. And so the ref calls for the DQ. And uh, Eddie and Tajiri win another sneaky one. Yeah. I, having said that, I wonder, it may uh, pull back the curtain too far on wrestling, but I wonder if ever yeah. uh, Eddie would think to uh, cut, a, you know, cut himself on the head to really sell that he got hit by a, a belt, but then would have to be like, he took a blade out of his wrist tape and cut himself on the head. A very small cut, but if your adrenaline's pumping, the blood will flow, and you'll get a nice crimson mask over your head. Uh, he probably pumped an aspirin before the match, Cole. <laughs> he just took a blood thinner. That's what I always did, Cole. <laughs> talk about, he bladed. That's how it happened. It's a oh, blade gosh. job here in Pensacola. <laughs> That would be so weird. <laughs> Although it is a very good point that I mean it would make it's sense. It's the play job, screw job from Eddie Guerrero. It's funny how this is another 
DQ finish after last week. But it's like it's it's this is these DQs are fun. They it's are fun to fun. see Eddie out yeah. smart people and come up with new ways. And uh, we well and to be clear, after the match ends, we get to see a replay. And Eddie went over the timekeeper's table. He just walked he over rang and rang the bell. Like he didn't like crawl over. He didn't sneak up and go like. Ding, ding, ding. He just walks over and goes, ding, 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 and then just walks past. Well, I mean, it's not illegal to do that. I'm sure it's not. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know if we got, like, the, the rule book, but, um, you know, it, it might be. Well, here's it the thing. Be. It should be. Eddie Guerrero, he walks up. He grabs a little hammer. He rings the bell. Uh, the referee goes, what? You can't do that. You're disqualified. What does the ref do? He says, ring the bell. Well, you can't. Eddie's got it. So you're going to be disqualified. <laughs> and he steals the hammer. <laughs> How great would it be? He goes to disqualify him. And he goes, oh, and he's got the hammer. He puts the hammer in his tights. He's like, get back here with that. And the match continues because he can't do it. And then we can't do another match for the rest of the night because the bell hasn't rang. Well, he, <laughs> he can't call he, to, he can't call a count out. He can't call anything. He gets like a, he gets like a roll up on the guy. And the referee like angrily counts three. He goes Four, to ring the bell five, again, and six, he's like, seven, eight. Like, this is like a 35 count. This is taking forever. UPN, like SmackDown goes seven hours over. UPN's furiously calling the WWE headquarters, like, get your show off the air. We can't. We have to ring the bell. We can't. can't Eddie, Eddie took it. <laughs> Eddie took it. He's, he's halfway to Michigan with Zach Gowan by now. There's no hardware stores anywhere. We can't use a pen. <laughs> They're all closed. Everything's we, closed right now. What are we supposed to do? We need the little... The bell hammer, hammer, <laughs> bell end hammer. Amazon next day. We can only get it by 3 p.m. This is going to take a lot of time, guys. This guys, Amazon still just sells books. We don't have to sell you out, right? <laughs> Damn it. They don't have little hammers. We can't go back and do it. They'll <laughs> yeah, get this book. It's $35 shipping. It'll be here next year. I mean, that would be that would be a, a troubling way for the people <laughs> to spend time to see a very extended SmackDown. Another troubled person. They locked the doors. They didn't allow people out. That's right. Also troubled here is Mr. America. He's sitting in the back. <laughs> And uh, he's, he's the lie detector test coming up. He's he just, preparing yeah, he, for the lie detector looks, test. And uh, I think Taz like, how do you prepare for a lie detector test? It's true. And then uh, Josh Matthews is in the crowd being a journalist. And he interviews Zach Gowan about Mr. America. Yeah. And he clarifies that the charges from last week were dropped. And we see the table and lie detector tests are getting set up as the guys chat. I don't know if it's actually happening concurrently or if they just edit it to look that way. Because it's not really uh, – it just seems like they're kind of like, oh, there's some stuff happening here. And after a commercial break, Vince McMahon walks out. (laughs) Confident as he can be because he's about to prove Mr. America is Hulk Hogan after all. He's all smiles. And I looked at the setup in the ring. So the setup is there's a table in the ring with some regular wooden chairs. And it's funny to me because I'm like, well, you why didn't you just have a wrestling table and wrestling chairs there? You know, we, we're used this to tables. Let's get the tables. This is a high-end segment, Matt. This is this is yes. the, the, the the polygraph cannot sit on a mere banquet table. It's got to sit on some nice some oak or something. This is, this yeah. is some good stuff. It needs to look like a kitchen set somewhere. That's right. They got it from the Golden Girl set. And so Vince gets on the mic. And he says, "Tonight is special because this is the last time we're ever going to see Vince uh, Hulk Hogan in the ring." He says. Yeah. And I wonder about like what's he going <laughs> to. Like, what's he going to say? What's he going to make him say? Like, is he going to like, say, hey, Hulk Hogan, have you ever seen the N-word or something like that? That could get canceled. <laughs> They'll get rid of him. He just do that. And so Vince explains the whole thing about how finding out Mr. America is Hogan would void his contract and he would be rid of him. And he's, he's ranting about this. So these two cop guys are just standing in the ring. I say cops. I mean, they have badges, but it's not really, they haven't been introduced as law enforcement officials. I think they're supposed to be detectives or something. They, they, they're, they're referred wow. to as, as officer. They don't, does the guys in Pensacola don't have any like drug rings to bust up there? They have detectives <laughs> and just lend, lend a SmackDown for, for jokes and japes and whatever it is. And so Vince is about to introduce Mr. America when he spots Zach Gowan in the crowd. And then he makes the hilarious uh, 
neither one of you will have a leg to stand on joke. Yep. It's Hulk Hogan. Um, but that joke doesn't work because Zach Gowan does have a leg to stand on, just not two. That's right. So, joke's on you, Vince. This doesn't make sense. Makes no damn sense. And so Vince introduces Mr. America, and Real American, the song, plays, and it crashes, it clashes rather so hard with Mr. America's appearance because Mr. America's coming out, and he's just cowed. He knows the jig is up. <laughs> he's, he's just finally <laughs> entering appropriately for what's happening. Like, yes. he's come out to apologize, and like, yeah, exactly. In, in the past few weeks, there's been all sorts of times where, like, Vince is calling him out and there's all sorts of questions, but he's still doing cups, the cup in the hand to the ear and smiling and saying, yeah, you got it. And, uh, stop. Give it up, guys. But this time, he's coming out, and it's just he what the crowd wants. Out. Just a, a sad Hulk Hogan walking out to the <laughs> ring. That's what you pay money to see. And so Vince orders Mr. America to sit in the chair and get wired up, and the crowd chants for Hogan, USA. They chant USA, and, and Vince Van goes, ah, oh, come on. Yes, he calls him Mr. USA at one point, which is funny because that's not his name. Uh, Vince says he makes all his corporate employees take a lie detector test, which would be kind of insane if he did that. I think that's hilarious. I just love the uh, fictional version of McMahon that he's crafting for himself. Basically, that he's just the biggest jerk in the entire world. Oh, yeah. I also like this segment. You can play the meta game uh, as you watch the segment where you're seeing Vince constantly have to do things as the lie detector is taking time to set up. So yep. he's saying things and he's talking to people and like he's just constantly making sure that there's no dead air. It's still good. Air. Yeah. And so it's very funny to watch if you want to do kind of a meta uh, watch of the show. You can do that too. And so Vince orders the test to begin and then one of the cops starts asking Mr. America questions. Mm-hmm. He says, are you Mr. America? Yes. Are you in Pensacola, Florida? Yes. In a wrestling and, ring. Yep. Yes. They show a black and white overhead shot of the lie detector's results, which and it's I'm on sure like is... the two smack like screens on the set too. Yes. So if you're looking at the action in the ring, you can also look up at the. Isn't it impossible? Hey, tell the truth, man! Hey, tell the truth. How would he even have that shot? Like I'm looking at it, I mean, like what are you doing that from the root? Like this, that shot is no. They fake. they had like a little they had like a little um like a little stand with a camera on it, like oh, a tiny I, camera. I don't know about that. I, no, no, they I did. They, had, they did have a stand, like a, like a little metal uh, C clamp stand there. It looks. It also looks black and white. Like they've done a lot here to make the lie detector test seem very. Well, obviously they've had to like gimmick the machine or something because the the, well, the thingies are going back and forth. I mean, we don't know what a lie or a lie, you know, a truth or a lie is on this. I machine think the idea, too. the truth is, that everything's copacetic and normal, and then a lie is always like, whoa. Well, in that case, this thing's going all over the place, like well, the entire time. The lines are fine, but you don't want it to be like, whoa, like big uh, okay. swings. Right, you know? right, yeah. And uh, uh, and so Mr. America, he's hesitating before every question. <laughs> like, not in, like even just like, are you Mr. America? He's like, or, 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 you know, are you in Pensacola? He's like, yes. Uh, but he's always like, he's struggling with it. And then the question is asked. <gasps> well, Vince Mr. demands they ask the question. They're taking way too long. Vince is like, That's come right. on, damn it, ask the question. They ask, Mr. America, are you Hulk Hogan? And he hesitates. He even asks for a drink of water. He wants a drink of water. Now, oh, wait, that's why the drug of water is there. It was for the lie detector test. There we go. Now I figured now, it out. That's why it's only half full, too, on the thing, because the table uh, dumped half of that on test. It's insane to me that that actually is a justifiable reason for having a water pitcher there. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, man. Now, that's it. As after Hulk Hogan, after, sorry, after Mr. America is asked to be his Hulk Hogan, we keep getting shots of Vince, like, looking excited to see what he has to say. <laughs> And they keep cutting. He's just like, oh, like he's just like making some very excited Vince faces. And so he drinks the water. And then 
Vince asks the question, and Mr. America hesitates, and then he says, no, he's not Hulk Hogan. And the machine dings to say that he's telling the truth. And so Vince is shocked. He's mad, and he gets them to ask it again and again. And even even says, he's Hogan, 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 Hogan. And Mr. America says, no, 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 no. And every time he says no, the machine goes, ding, 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 an appropriate ding, amount ding, of dings ding. that yes. follow. Every time. <laughs> and, and so the lie detector cop confirms it plainly. He says, Mr. America has passed the lie detector test. Play the music. Play the music. Real American plays. Mr. America poses. But Vince says, fine. I'll get on the machine. Because he's starting to go, well, this is, there's some sort of shenanigans here. Now they rip I, off I the like Simpsons here. <clears throat> and so, yes, exactly. The Simpsons. And so he, he does. Vince gets hooked up to the machine. Uh, and they ask him, say, are you Vince McMahon? Are you the chairman of WWE? He says, yes. And then Mr. America gets in there. He says, are, are you the biggest a-hole on God's green earth? <laughs> and Vince says no, but the machine dings yes. And before he does this, when Vince McMahon sits in the lie detector, he says, everyone knows these are inadmissible in court. So he knows that probably... For a fact, From experience. That yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so the biggest a hole on God's green earth, he says. Big, no. Uh, are you a sick, perverted, power hungry freak? And Vince says no. Uh, and by the way, the nose, these... yes. the, the, the nose get a buzzer as well. So buzzer, yes. The, and and the Vince is, get a buzzer. When he's getting a reaction, when he's reacting to it, he's always like, "Oh, what the heck?" He's going, oh, oh. Like he's got such a ridiculous reaction. So he's and, the biggest a hole on God's green earth, like yes. in the entire world. That's pretty impressive, actually. Which I guess believe means that he himself believes himself to be the biggest. A-hole. It's, not, it's not acting. It's not like a, like a truth machine for all of humanity. It's quite. It's just like, do you like? Are you that? And he's like, I, that's how I see myself. That's so heady. Yeah, you're right. That's what it has to be, right? <laughs> I know. He's not talking. He's not like on like like God's truth machine, where just talks where you could just be like, "What's the meaning of life?" And this says like forty two or something. Like that's not. This is this is what he is thinking in his own head. Yeah. And so Vince just starts saying things. He says, "You know, I do this all for the fans. It's a lie." He for each and every one of you. Okay, for most of you, for some of you. All right, I do it just for me. And he's ding. And then, then Mr. America gets very <laughs> yeah. specific. Well, and he asks, the, yeah, 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 because uh, he says that he's not he's not a he's not a pervert. Vince McMahon contests that he's a he's not a pervert, which gets a buzz. Right. And uh, he asks Vince, Mr. America does. He's asked if he's ever if he spends his leisure time pleasuring himself with pictures of Tori Wilson's Playboy. And it's so specific. Very specific. And it is declared a lie uh, when he says no. He says he did a long time ago. No. He said he did the night before. No. And then he said he did it on the limo on the way over. Dang. That's confirmed as true. Rufus. He says, at least I didn't lust over the May Youngs of the world. And that's also a lie. (laughs) It's just like every single thing. Vince is getting so humiliated here. He's just getting buried Uh, right now. I feel bad for Tori Wilson because your your boss is joking about – Pleasuring himself to your photographs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On television. And it's and it's like a whole segment where Hulk Hogan does it too. And so Vince finally takes the lie detector sensors off, and Mr. America declares that he's telling the truth, and Vince is a liar. And so Vince goes after Mr. America, but he gets t- he gets hit and dropping Mr. America and he, and Mr. America leaves. And Cole says, The icing on the cake. Ding for Mr. America tonight. What I, I love all of Michael Cole's little connective <laughs> tissue phrases. Like sometimes he has absolute albatrosses and sometimes it's just like that's up tonight (laughs) next yeah yeah i love like a nice hard next it's good very good too and so after commercial break vince is storming into stephanie's office and he asks what happened didn't she hire the lie detector guys and test the equipment and uh i have to say vince asked her yeah if if you didn't you hire the guys and stephanie goes 
interesting as a way of saying yes, which I thought was cute. It caught Vince off guard. I thought it was a cute little detail. It was like she's being she's, she's being cheeky and and yes. just causes Vince on his way out to mother smart ass. He also declares that next week things will be changing for the better, whatever that Ooh, means. Okay. We got something to look forward to in Anaheim. That's right. So next up, we have Sean O'Hare with Roddy Piper against Chris Benoit. And now, when he's announced, Sean O'Hare is, is declared as accompanied by Roddy Piper. And when I heard that, I was like, accompanied by Roddy Piper? He's not there. And I he's looked, like and Piper is... 50 feet is, behind him. That's the same number I said, Will. I said yeah. he's 50 feet away from him. He's yeah, not... He is. He's, just, he's truly not accompanied by him. He's cornered by him because his Piper's going to be there, but Sean O'Hare gave himself like 18 Mississippis before he let uh, Roddy Piper follow him out of there. Sean O'Hare's way out there. My first reaction was, oh, I guess he's not with Piper anymore. And then it's like accompanied right. by Roddy Piper, and then Piper kind of skulks in the background. He's being hailed from parts unknown, Matt. I thought I was. Th- I thought that would be a very fun way to get billed. I think he should be excited about that. <laughs> parts unknown. And his music, I think, has changed yeah. since Judgment Day. Uh, it sounds to me like a knockoff of Gimme Shelter, and it okay. appears to be being played over something. But Gimme Shelter wouldn't really make too much sense for Shauna Harris' character. Wow. Matt, I think you know, what, obviously, which Stone song would make sense for Shauna Harris' character. It's Sympathy for the Devil, so I don't know if they played that. But they did some kind of tomfoolery uh, to uh, mask it up. But if they gave Sean O'Hare a Rolling Stones song to enter... Uh, the arena with that's a kind of a big deal, isn't it? You know what they probably did. Uh, my guess is that they probably. Hmm. Okay, I'm actually gonna go even. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take an even bigger swing at this. Okay. So WCW had some songs that right. were kind of ripped off of other people. So DDP had Self High Five. They've had to double for that. Because it's too close like to Team Spirit. Yeah. yeah. And then Jericho what's the song? Had, that, uh, yes. Uh, thank you. Sound like Even Flow. Yeah. So my guess, Sean O'Hare. They used the WCW track that Sean O'Hare had, and they looked at it and they go, mm, this is too cl-. I bet what happened is they were like, this is probably could be seen as a ripoff of Gimme Shelter. Yeah, sure. Well, the, the, so that's the, my guess. The version they play sounds like a knockoff because it they does. also superimposed the crowd noise on top of it. They, okay. they superimposed some whistling and stuff at the beginning of the match, and spoiler alert, at the end of the match. <sighs> at the end. That's right. So yeah, Sean O'Hare's music, it's, uh, it's a little bit groovier than I would expect for him, too. Like I, just expected, I expected something darker. It, well, what he did, what he had was something dark. He just had some kind of like hard rock, like me, 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 me thing. I don't know. Yeah, not very. It wasn't very interesting. No. Uh, and so yeah, he's going up against uh, Chris Benoit here, and he's kind of dominating to start off. And I see that in the crowd early on in this match, a guy walks through the crowd. He has a sign that reads "SmackDown isn't the same without Edge," which is true. Sure. Yeah, it's not. We're down. To, we're down to six. They, they, wrestling was more central to the show when, when Edge was around. Yeah, it's Edge's fault that the show's gone downhill. It was next fault. Could blame him. Yeah. Uh, Sean O'Hare wrenches on Benoit's neck as Benoit is his classic wrestling yells. He's going, ah! 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 This is a good scream cell. He's one of the best yellers of the, the bunch there. Uh, <laughs> Sean O'Hare misses a spin kick. Benoit gets a DDT. And after a flurry of offense, Benoit gets a German suplex for two. And Benoit's significantly smaller than Sean O'Hare. Sean O'Hare's a pretty big guy here, too. He is, yeah. He's 6'8", I think they call 6'6", six, six, something like that. That's that sounds more correct. He's a big uh, fellow. We've we've talked yeah. about his size before. He's an enormous individual. And he used to use he, you know something I'll throw out here. I don't think I've mentioned before on the podcast. He actually used to do the F five like back in like OVW and stuff. Also, I said he was on Judgment Day. I should correct myself. He was on Backlash. Those two pay per views just happened so quickly that I confused them. Oh, there you go. I didn't think about that. Uh, Benoit goes to the ropes, uh, but Piper grabs his legs to distract him. 
And so Benoit chases him around the ring and back into it there, and he gets a, a crossface on Piper. For some reason. <laughs> For some reason. Just gets mad at him. And so Sean O'Hare, kind of obviously, he just runs up and punts Benoit on the back, and then he grabs the tights and gets the one, two, three, beating Benoit. What I would argue is a pretty big upset. And the third squeeze finish of the night. Yeah, absolutely. And not the best. Like, it doesn't, it, it's not that believable that Benoit could get kicked in the back and then rolled up, and that would be like, oh, that's enough to finish me off. It also just makes Benoit look stupid for going after Piper with a crossface. Like, kick him, punch him, do shove him down, do something. Don't put him in your submission in the middle of the ring where it is fair game for the your opponent just to, to have any opportunity to kick you in the head, in the back of the head, and, the, and do whatever. Yeah, I would even argue you could you could justify the referee disqualifying Benoit for you know attacking some random guy during his match. I yeah. mean, maybe, but maybe the ref just doesn't like Piper too. He's like that guy's a jerk. Get him. He's a jerk. Separate his shoulder. And uh, so next week's episode of SmackDown, we're told it's going to feature Rey Mysterio going up against Matt Hardy, oh. uh, which was the result of uh, Mysterio beating Shandamore and Crash last week and. Uh, he had a pretty obvious groin pull there last week too, which is pretty crazy because uh, you know Ray just was fairly obviously injured during the match. Felt legit. Uh, he tr- he made it work regardless. It was pretty crazy. You, you saw that one, Will? I, yeah, I saw it. Uh, and uh, yeah, groin pulls aren't one they usually um, like a gimmick. It's always a knee or an ankle, something like yeah. there, you know, or a shoulder or an elbow. Something, or something. that will, something that can make you look hobbled. They really yeah. want you to be pretty obvious that you're like, oh, he's feeling it. And something if you ribs, do- obviously. Yeah, if you do pull your groin, you'll be hobbled, like, for sure. But it's just, you know, I guess it's not as obvious if you're, like, grabbing your crotch and be like, whoa. Nah, my crotch. Yeah. And so Michael Cole throws in the video to Rey Mysterio, who's backstage. Um, and he's dressed, actually, I'm wearing the same thing right now. Yeah, he's got his uh, uh, WrestleMania is... Daredevil mask and a Junior Junior Seau Chargers jersey. That's right. And he's also, at one point, we see that he's wearing uh, kind of, you know, jeans that would kind of go with that. He's got kind of... Um, What's the word for what it be? <laughs> and he's got a six. He's got a chain too. with six one nine. Yeah, he's got a style for that kind of like uh, that kind of look. He's dressed like a, a, a Latino guy from San Diego would dress. Like it's, just, it's fully believable what, he, what this guy would wear. He looks very comfy. Uh, yeah. Now I will say uh, the Daredevil mask from WrestleMania shows so much of his face. I'm almost uncomfortable seeing that much of his cheek and <laughs> all of his chin and the bottom of his nose. Like I'm like, leave some of my imagination, man. Come on. That's right. Yeah. It's almost like I can imagine what your entire face looks like. That's right. I mean, I as, re- try as, to. as recently as 2001. He might as well be wearing like a, like a Fifty Shades of Grey kind of mask, you know, one of those like little... <laughs> one of those like the little like masquerade masks on a stick. You just hold it That's up. That's right. Like, I'm exactly. Mysterio. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, and so Ray talks about he's from the West Coast. He's excited to wrestle with his family there because it could be in Anaheim, which is not Seattle or Seattle, uh, San Diego, but it's close-ish, I suppose. A couple hours away. And so Matt Hardy walks in and he's making fun of Ray. And Matt Hardy looks huge compared to Ray, too. Like the, it might the be the angle, like, but he looks massive. You're right. Enormous. And so Ray pushes Matt for trying to intimidate him. So Matt just kicks him in the leg uh, slash crotch. Kicks yeah, him in the he groin. He's, they're working the groin. Yeah. And Taz appreciates the strategy. I wonder if he's do some wishbone submissions and stuff next week. You could actually do something to work the groin in a way that would hurt. But I do like the idea of punching a guy in the nuts and being like, ah, oh, I'm working the groin. Can't disqualify me. Exactly. Uh, Cole and Taz talk about how uh, Kurt Angle's going to be back next week, and then uh, the image fades to black, which almost always means something was cut out. Will, do you want to guess what was cut out here? A Kurt Angle promo? Or like a, like a Kurt Angle's going to return vignette? That would make uh, well, the most sense there. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to con- uh, contest that I'm correct, I believe this is when Kurt Angle uh, had a promo video set to Coldplay's Clocks. 
Okay. Which is one of the one of the one of the greats. I would Those argue. Awesome. I went back and watched it. Yeah. Because I really think it's one of the best promos for a wrestler I've ever seen. Triple uh, H it's had poignant. one very similar too. Well, oh, yeah. One Triple H did. Was that the clocks? No, I think it's this one. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, these are yeah. awesome. Are these part of the WWE like um, desire videos? Is that what they called them? Those are really I, good. I don't know what the technical kind of uh, connect what you would make for the connection for those desire videos per se. But those are, yeah, they're videos that came out kind of early two thousand two. If I'm not mistaken, maybe 2001, I think, probably yeah, around Rick then. Yeah, because Ric Flair did one to Lonely Road of Faith by Kid Rock, and uh, yeah. there, there, there are a couple. I think Triple H had one before his like return set to a song, and it was um, there's one of the Foo Fighters did too. Anyway, they set it to a, a cool contemporary song, and uh, they're awesome. Their video packages are always awesome. Yeah, and and they're they're like actual good, like decent songs, like songs from real. Like it's not Cold by the band Remedy. You know, this is uh, actually. You know, uh, this is Clocks by Coldplay. I'm, That's I'm a right. Coldplay fan. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to admit that. A no, little ashamed to admit that, but I'm a Coldplay fan, uh, and it's great. So the promo, you can go like obviously just go. Let's go on YouTube, search Kurt Angle Clocks, and uh, you'll see. You know, the music is playing. Kurt's talking about how he won his Olympic gold medal. It was his destiny uh, to wrestle in WWE, and uh, it's great because they line up. Um, they line up on my knees to images of Kurt falling to his knees. Uh, and then yes, the line, yeah. shoot an apple off my head when Kirk gets kicked off of Brock and lands on his neck and head, yeah. which is very nice. And you just get some great footage of SmackDown of Kurt in a hoodie sitting in a ring, uh, which I imagine is probably somewhere in Connecticut or something like that. But it's it's one of the truly the great uh, promo videos. I know for a fact that it opens next week's SmackDown, even though I don't know if we will see it. Uh, but I know that that's where it does because at the end of the video I found on there, it says Kurt Angle returns tonight and it goes into the intro. So that'll be next week. Oh, okay. For well, sure. But I think so- they played it here too. Because so, they played in multiplications. To get ready for next week's show, folks, look at this video. Very likely won't be on next week's show. So before you watch next week's show, play the video and play the show. Absolutely, you get like the full experience. Yeah, but uh, and we yeah, also it's pretty s- obvious that they're setting up Kurt for a, a baby face uh, return. Absolutely, and uh, we also get to see a video package that tells us that Ultimo Dragon is on his way. Now we know that because we read about uh, the dark matches before beforehand, but we get to see. Clips from WCW, and uh, yeah, it's just Ultimate Dragon being uh, being a Rey Mysterio esque cruiserweight, which I think is what they're trying to do here. They're trying to trying to do a Rey Mysterio again. Yeah, people in Pensacola probably weren't shocked to see Ultimate Dragon coming soon. They're like, he was here tonight. Uh, and yeah, the right. video is very much like when Ray debuted. It was just like it, it cycled through all the different mask designs for Ultimo Dragon. They do something very different. What they do is they cycle through all the different mask designs and right. uh, footage of Ultimo Dragon and WCW with like like tracers behind him and stuff. And um, it uh, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting to know that he's coming. It's not exciting to know what he what he ended up doing. I don't think he did very much. I just remember him slipping on the stage of WrestleMania 20. That's about all I remember from Ultimo Dragon's run. But maybe he'll spice up Matt, the cruiserweight division here on SmackDown. Here's hoping. Yeah, I I think that the kind of debut in early weeks of Ultimo Dragon, probably his peak uh, with WWE. But I remember at the time being very excited. Oh, we thought like, oh, here's another like great the, talent. The next coming of Rey Mysterio. Absolutely. And he just wasn't really the same. Speaking of the next coming of Rey Mysterio and great debuts, we have a tag team match for Kishi. And Spanky going up against the Basham Brothers. Yeah. And so the uh, the good guys come out to Rikishi's music, and Spanky runs to the ring shortly after arriving on the ramp. So uh, he does not wait for Rikishi. Yeah, Taz, uh, Rikishi's music hits. Spanky runs out, and Taz goes, Oh, Rikishi lost weight! <laughs> He's yeah. being billed strictly as Spanky here, too. No, Brian Kendrick, just 100%. He's 100% Spanky. 
he they went all the way with it. They they did it go all the way. Yeah, Spanky and Rikishi. Uh, I like to see more out of these guys. Matt, which Basham was it that was the OVW uh, like uh, prodigy? Like he was a big deal there. Oh gosh, I think it was Doug. Yeah. Okay. I think. Now that said, you know, I watched these guys come out. Doug and Danny Basham, and they could just—they could not look more boring than they currently do. They're just two baldish white guys in leather pants. Yeah, no shirts, leather pants, and they're just coming out. Yeah, they're like, just here. There's no character. They're just—these are the Basham brothers. People might have mistaken them for like local enhancement talent or something. They yeah. look pretty good. I mean, I think Doug's in a bit better shape than Danny is, but uh, also this is just such a 2003 tag team to me. The Basham brothers. I oh, just—I look at Shanique them. You know what I thought of? I what I thought of when I watched these guys was, uh, and actually, interestingly enough, this also to do with the lie detector test. Uh, Kiki Palmer, uh, you may remember. There, there's a, there's kind of a meme of Kiki Palmer where she someone shows her a picture of, of someone, and Kiki Palmer <laughs> goes, she says, I'm, you know, I saw this man. If I saw this man on the street, <laughs> I, I would know who he man. was. So yeah. my, I'm sorry to this man. Yeah, and yeah. so that is uh, that's what I think when I see the Bashams. I just think of Kiki Palmer saying like, "I would know this man on the street." I'm sorry, this man. Sorry to this man. Absolutely, yeah. They basically their characters later on become just like leather daddies. It's like, well, they're wearing leather, so they'll be leather daddies. We'll have Shaniqua do an S and M thing with them. It'll be great. I think yeah. they come out wearing like gimp masks at one point or something oh, like that. What, yeah, what, yeah. I I don't see what they see here. I don't I don't see it at all. I see I see an absolute waste of time. Uh, and so we start off. Okay, let's get into it. Rikishi, uh, he starts off, and I'm just going to say a Basham, because at no point in this podcast am I ever going to accurately just tell you which Basham it is unless it's a single smash. Uh, so Rikishi starts off with a Basham before tagging Spanky, who launches his forearm into that same Basham. And uh, the Spanky-Rikishi team is so clearly waited for the hot tag formula. Like, it oh, yeah. just sends Spanky to get in to get murdered, and then Rikishi's going to come in. That's all. Uh, and this is a time where Michael Cole takes time to wish... Uh, it, well, he says, tells classy Freddie Blassie to get well soon. That's right. Uh, he's had an he's, illness recently. Yeah. He says, or uh, surgery you know, or something. SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, within the week, he dies. So, oh, uh, no. Freddie Blassie does not make it. I looked it up. Yeah, no. Freddie Blassie, uh, he dies in early June that year. So, when they say get well soon, it, Freddie Blassie's on his last legs. Well, that's it for classy Freddie. There you go, Freddie. Pencil neck geeks everywhere weep. That's right. And as Cole says that, Rikishi tags in, he runs wild, he hits a Samoan drop, and then gets a stink face on both Bashams. And Taz yells, Four bold heads! <laughs> so grateful for Taz. So Spanky gets tagged in, and one of the Bashams rolls him up while the other one puts his feet on him for leverage. Mm-hmm. And so they cheat to get the one, two, three. So the Bashams win this. Oh, another um, dirty finish. Cool. That's right. Or I'll, say, also... I'll say dirty pin, by the way. I should change it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,. Roll up victories are roll up victories any like really much better than like a DQ like they're really like it's the lowest form of a of a victory totally especially if you get like yeah. a handful of tights or something or you got you know a guy holding you down like oh boy that'll do yeah. it uh, Cole deems this is an upset but Spanky and Rikishi aren't really a team so does that make sense no not really uh, Vince McMahon <laughs> after watching that great match he goes out to his limo and he finds it's being towed. And uh, he demands that Rufus, his driver, tell the tow truck guy, well, just take him to the, take me to the airport anyway. Like, if you're going to take my, you know, limo, then forget it. Just take me to the airport. So he wants to be in the back of the limo as the tow truck drives the limo to the airport. That's his plan? I'd like to do that. That sounds cool to me. <laughs> and uh, a 90-foot-long vehicle. A, a cane taps on Vince's window, and we see that Zach Gowan. And he says, hey, you know, it's illegal to park at handicapped spots. 
and he gets the laugh, laugh, last laugh on Vince. So I guess uh, Zach may have told, you know, may have called in that uh, Vince was uh, in the handicap spot here. Uh, also, yeah. Zach's going to miss laugh. the main event. There's no re-entry. He can't go back in the building. He's going to miss it. He paid well, for his he, ticket. But did he go out a like an actual regulation exit, or is he kind of like he's got like a guy there? He's like, yeah, you can come back in. I got you. Like I, I'm propping door open. I can wave you back in because I don't think it's the front of the arena. Yeah, as far I as know. I know, it's like I the side of it else. or something. Yeah. And uh, then we reach uh, the main event for the night: uh, Undertaker and Brock Lesnar going up against the FBI. And uh, the FBI walks out, uh, but we see that Nunzio is not dressed for action. Is, I mean, is he? Well, I guess he is sometimes. But these guys can like wrestle in. Uh, he could wrestle in a in a you know a tank top and, and track pants, but he also wears totally trunks. Nunzio, like he's he's so often the manager for this. It's kind of a funny thing, I guess, because the other two guys on the team are just so huge. Uh, so the, yeah, they, clearly they're the muscle so of the group. Both of them are are the muscle, and Nunzio is the mouth. Because neither of these yes. guys can really talk so good. Yeah. And they're doing this thing where Johnny Stamboli is just dumb. Right. Which is like, nah, I don't know. That's that's a choice. Uh, and so Nunzio says he's uh, he's not wrestling tonight because The Undertaker tossed him out uh, of the ring last week. We see, and we see a video of it here. Nunzio gets caught, tossed clean from the ring out into the floor and lands yeah. on his back. Which yeah. it might have actually hurt him or it's just, like, it's just a credible way of being like, ah, kinda looks, that kind of looks like it sucks. but Looks pretty um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, and so Nunzio announces he is a suitable replacement. And, well, it's well, the show. Well, and M- Michael Cole says, no, no. <laughs> and I was like, I feel the exact same way, Michael Cole. I also am watching P- Big Show come out to wrestle in the main event. And I'm also going, no, Cole I don't want to see this. Oh, my. This is really a handicap match now. Oh, my. Gosh, the oh, my's. <laughs> oh, my. It's boss time. Cole. Thank you. You do. You are required by law to do a boss time at one point when you're doing a Cole impression. It's just absolutely necessary. He has it. Uh, and so uh, Big Show and Brock have a stare down to start off. But uh, Undertaker starts with Palumbo anyway. And uh, Taker is beating on Palumbo. He gets the rope walk uh, slash old school on him before he tags into Brock. And uh, Taz calls Johnny Stamboli Johnny Stromboli at one point. He gets confused with the food, I think. I think so. And I think it's like, okay, that seems a little bit wrong. Or they a little po- bit... Uh, they pointed out. He's like, "Was a strong bully, a strong bully." Man, I get confused. Right. And uh, I, I'm watching this match. I'm thinking, you know, Undertaker must be excited to wrestle tonight because he's got a lot of energy. Like he's just doing a lot of stuff. He's doing like, all he's his like, big, he's, big stuff. He's doing his, his flying moves. clothesline, his old school. He's doing, he's doing it all, Matt. Yeah, it's a fun match, by the way. Yeah, he gets his big swinging DDT, I believe, on Stamboli, and like he he, he does that from time to time. But this one, it was just like oh, he got a lot of air with it, and it's like oh, he just drags him down. Yeah, he took some time impressive. off, and he's like, yeah. He's into it. Yeah. Uh, and so in comes Big Show. Um, and uh, in comes Brock Lesnar. It seems the crowd actually wants to see this. Like, I, I get the vibe. And, I, and it's always hard on SmackDown to get to be totally sure that uh, that we're actually seeing the fans want something because the, the way that this place is juiced with the uh, audience reactions. But I think maybe the crowd's reacting. They're like, oh, okay, Brock is liable to throw Big Show around potentially here. So let's get excited about this. Yeah. And so Big Show beats on Lesnar until Brock can get a leaping clothesline, and then he lifts Big Show up for an F5, but he has to drop him because the FBI runs in to stop him. And then Big Show gets a choke slam on Brock, and Undertaker breaks it up at two. And Brock is thrown to the FBI outside, and they get and he gets beat on, but then Undertaker comes over to save him. 
And then uh, they, they keep, you know, fighting with them for a while. And Undertaker ends up they kind of going around the other side of the ring. Undertaker grabs the steel stairs to threaten the FBI with them. Yeah. So they keep attacking Brock outside the ring. And they get back in. Brock finally tags the Undertaker. Big Show comes in, and Taker is hitting everybody. He gets Snake Eyes and the Big Boot on Stamboli. And then uh, he ends up getting, uh, I, I think, believe that Big Show goes to, like, put him up, like, Power Slam style. But Taker falls backwards, and he gets the Taking Care of Business Dragon Sleeper yeah. on Big Show. This is a uh, a move he was using sometimes. Um, at the, this was He was using it more kind of like early 2002 when he was like, ah, I want to have, like, a lazy uh, submission finisher. The Taking Care of Business. Yeah, it's just such an obnoxious <laughs> Undertaker name for it, too, which is so annoying. Uh, and so he's got – I'm like, well, this might be the way they finish it off. But uh, Nunzio runs in. Again, not a part of the match. He's <laughs> He has ceded his position to uh, Big Show. Yeah. And uh, and so he hits him with a chair shot, but Vin, uh, Taker turns around and he choke slams Nunzio. He, like, taps Undertaker with the chair more like. And he holds the chair, like, upside down. Like, the legs Yeah, he's are... hitting him at the bottom of the thing. He hits Strange. him at the bottom of the chair. A, a lot of the time during this match, uh, Cole is just like, this is a three-on-two handicap match. It's actually, with Nunzio outside, it's more of a four-on-two. Oh, and now yeah. they're working him over the corner. It's like a four-on-one. It's like, cool. Throw some more guys in there. It's like a 47-on-one. The SmackDown yeah. locker room is empty. They're really trying there. And Sable it's like, with a jug of water. Yeah. <laughs> she should, should, should be helping Brock. Of should be helping Brock Lesnar, yeah. And so Palumbo comes in, and he super kicks Undertaker. Uh, but Brock gets a blind tag, uh, and he F5s Palumbo. He yeah. F5s Stamboli. <laughs> yeah. Which is very good. Uh, but before he can pin anyone, Big Show comes in. He chokeslams Brock the second time. And this time, <laughs> he gets the one, the two, and the three. This is our only clean pin of the night. And it's Big Show pinning the WWE champion, Brock Lesnar. Oh, Lester. and Michael Cole makes sure we all know it. Brock Lesnar, Big Show just pinned the WWE champion. And now this is where I have to talk about something specific. Because there's different ways you can build up a feud, right? So a lot of times in re- in, with feuds in wrestling, you want to see guys... Go up against each other where it's an ev- a good even match against each other in the end. Right, you're building to a match, and I'm remembering back uh, with Royal Rumble 2003. Uh, there's there's a, all the the build up between uh, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle. They're going head to head, and the whole thing, the thing they're ultimately trying to sell you on is that at the Royal Rumble in 2003, you're going to see these two guys go head to head, and they're going to have a real competition, a real battle against each other. It's going to be so close, uh, and who knows who can win? Yeah, and you had a great match. It was it was a great thing. In a situation like this, where this feud is about annoying people, because the FBI is annoying. They are not credible. They are not fun to watch. They're annoying. It's annoying the FBI keeps doing these things, keeps bugging people. They're kind of just – like, they're really – you just kind of glued three lower card guys together. And you're like, oh, there's a stable. There you go. You and understand Italian, why they did. right? Yeah. And it just – and they don't have anything compelling. There's not like a big boss who's in there. And there's also Big Show. Big Show who just got handily beaten the judgment day. He was defeated. In a stretcher match, it was it was a proper gimmick match with with an ending here. And so, another way you could end this feud is the proverbial swatting the gnats away, where these guys they're such low level dork loser guys. But don't worry, Brock's gonna come in and he's just gonna beat them in five minutes, and we'll have the FBI and they'll be they'll be they'll be polished off, they'll be gone. Uh, and they don't do that here, and it makes me mad. Yeah. I wanted all I wanted was for Undertaker and, Big, and Brock Lesnar to get a clean, decisive victory over the FBI. Get out of here! Stop annoying the upper mid card of SmackDown. But instead, 
The FBI lifts this thing to, to, to fight another day, and Big Show gets a like, relatively clean win on Brock Lesnar. Pretty much, and yeah. I hate I mean, it. It's, it's a bit of a schmoz, but it was just like a choke slam and a three count. I don't want to see Big Show keep wrestling Brock Lesnar. I'm fine. I know what they're building to in a couple weeks. It's going to be a Brock Lesnar match against Big Show. I'm just tired. I'm just so oh, tired of Big Show. And it's going to be that one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll know. Something, we'll oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. something to look forward to. Uh, That's right. No, Matt, I, I completely agree. Uh, I completely agree. We we want uh, we want Big Show out of there. We want Brock to get uh, somebody fresh to fight. I think he's only who was he feuded against uh, since like the fall. It was Undertaker and then Big Show and then like Kurt, Kurt Angle, Angle. Uh, and then Big Show again. Oh well, sorry, oh, John, John Cena, Cena and for then Big a, Show. a little tryst, but yeah. he's only feuded with like three or four guys in like yeah. the last gosh almost a year uh well like last like nine months or so which is yeah. bad for your mm-hmm. champion we should give him uh something new to do give him benoit for no reason other than just to have that match i don't know if that match even ever happens but that's just they just obsessed with putting brock lesnar in there at big show yeah, I mean, it takes forever for them to actually... I think it takes till December for them to actually wrestle against each other, Brock and Chris Benoit. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I, I get that there's probably uh, a level to which they don't want to do... like Oh, we'd have to turn Brock heel or Chris Benoit heel, and we don't want to do that. So I can see that being a reason why you don't want to do that. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, I'm just annoyed with it. I just... I see these guys. I see the... Uh, I see the FBI, and they're just consummate losers, you know? And so I just I don't want to see them get any sort of victories anymore. We're past the point where they should be winning any matches. So. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. The FBI is, uh, yeah, just super annoying. Have them do some kind of mid-card something. I don't know. but And that's the show. And I throw my hands in the air, and uh, I didn't even know if the show was that bad before, but now I'm just frustrated by it, you know, the, the end of the SmackDown episode. And so, well... Yeah, I'm going to do something unconventional this week. Which oh, is, I want to hear it, what, yeah. Right, so I'm, this is where you should get your final thoughts first. I'm going to share my final thoughts first. All right. Match final is, thoughts. I'm going to call this a shut your mouth. We use the SmackDown video games of this right? era of to rate the shows. Here Comes the Pain is bad. Shut your mouth is eh. And Just Bring It is eh, pretty good. I'm giving it a shut your mouth because I think I still am just so continually frustrated by the foregrounding of the Mr. America Vince McMahon feud. Sick and tired of it. I'm tired of Brock Lesnar being relegated to other matches, and I'm especially sad when he's getting when he's losing to Big Show. I hate Big Show. I hate the FBI. I'm tired of this. Yeah. And uh, but the only thing I will say, uh, consoling thing, uh, Eddie into Jerry versus Team Angle was pretty good. It was fun so, with uh, a, again a DQ finish, but like in a fun, entertaining way. Uh, yes. So I excuse it because the whole gimmick of Eddie is that he you know causes DQs and he gets away with it. Uh, he can keep getting away with it, uh, right. and it's um, it's just a lot of fun. Every other match has like a screwy roll up, grab the tight, have a guy help you out, finish. Like the Bastion brothers needed help to win. Like they needed to cheat to beat like Spanky. Like if you want to shine up your new team, have them do something a little more dominant than that. Yeah. Uh, and then main event was super fun, but it, yeah, super disappointing with Big Show just cleaning Brock, uh, pinning Brock clean. Like you could have fed Brock either one of. Palumbo and Stamboli, and it's not going to matter. Like the, the, those guys no. aren't doing much. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, shut your mouth from from myself as well. Uh, the there lie detector go. test is so stupid, but you know it, it could be fun depending on how you look at it. Uh, it's definitely memorable to me, 
And I think Mr. America has like one or two more weeks on the show. He's not here for much longer. Yeah, there's some doors closing pretty like it's kind of a weird time, right? The transitioning's happening where like we're debuting new guys, uh, doors are closing with other guys and uh, it's just a weird thing. You know, before this show, I never really thought about the incongruity of uh, having a podcast where two guys can s- declare they shut their mouths about it. <laughs> you listen to us talk for a while. So, yeah, we shut your mouth. SmackDown it's 6 a- podcast. Yeah, it's a bit late for that, really, at this point. Um, but there you go. Two shut your mouths for this episode of SmackDown. So, uh, that's right. So, that's going to do it for us here on the, uh, on the SmackDown 6 podcast. Next week's show we're going to be covering is going to be June 5th, 2003 episode of SmackDown. It is the 199th episode of the SmackDown television offering. Oh. And uh, so excited to have you uh, come back with your ears next week. I, I'd love for you guys uh, to follow us on social media, SmackDown 6 Pod on social media, on uh, specifically Twitter and on Instagram. Get in there if you want. Uh, you can ask me a question on the account, and I can answer something wrestling-related on there for sure for you. Uh, I know we had uh, on a recent episode, uh, I, we had a great discussion about what foreign object you would use uh, as your foreign object of choice at your home. That's right. And so I'd be interested to hear about that too. I, I, I currently sleep with a uh, a steel folding chair by my bed in case any intruders try to come in. I can get them to crown them with a chair shot and not feel guilty about it. Has anyone That's gone the the sting route and said bat? I think bats are pretty common. Yeah. Well, what's your? Is, are you saying bat then? I'd say a baseball bat. Yeah. Baseball, that's a good move there. That makes sense. Plus, if you want to, you can just have a game. Quick game. That's right. Yeah. You could, you say, know, hey, just, just, just throw it underhand, and I'm going to see if yeah. I can you know, hit, hit it across the parking yeah, lot. Let's go for Hit it. your slider. Let's do it. Where's the change? That's right. Up? Yeah. Yeah. Here I know go. you're working. You got your curveball going there. I want to see if you can kind of get in there. <laughs> yeah. Every time every time you, you don't swing, I just go, oh, nice take. I like that. <laughs> good eye. Just took that one. It's good. Uh, so, Will, thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate it. I th- th- I'm sorry to make you watch the SmackDown. No, was, but, uh, again, you know, I thought the episode was, like, fun and really ridiculous in parts. And uh, still, just, just like, the wrestling finishes um, didn't appease me. Uh, five matches and some, you know, again, tag team matches were uh, the first uh, two of them were very good. One of them also happened. No offense to Spanky or Rikishi. Um and uh, I am looking forward, Matt, to coming back on another SmackDown. Uh, I am telling the truth. Uh, you don't need to hook me up to a uh, polygraph. In fact, I pray you don't. At least, Matt, as a corporate employee or a corporate guest of the SmackDown 6 podcast, you did not require me to take a polygraph test to be on the show. So I, I appreciate that very much. That's right. I uh, Yeah, I'm not I'm not a Vince kind of guy. You are not fired. Oh, thank uh, you. No, absolutely. I have you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you i value you and uh i mean if anything uh, you know we get all connected with wires for this show it, yeah. and really after you do enough of these shows we'll see kind of what the truth is with things Damn. so in some ways the podcast is, is detecting lies you know what i mean no i like that that's right so folks thank you so much for joining me uh this week on the smackdown six podcast we we'll hope you join us again for next week for the 199th episode of smackdown we are on a very long journey to our next pay-per-view with Vengeance is, I think, eight SmackDowns away from us still, which is just an incredibly long amount of time to fill shows Ooh. from there. Wow. Yeah. We're in the uh, single brand uh, branded pay-per-views, and so it's not, not a great time. But uh, hope you'll join us next week once again on the SmackDown 6 Podcast. Enjoy your burrito.